action right here on Monday Night Show. You want a war? You're going to get one. You fans can stick it, brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Welcome to episode 123 of Squared Supple Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke, alongside Carl Jones. Evening, everybody. And Kieran O'Rourke. Hey, y'all. And we are back this week, returning to the illustrious Monday Night War timeline here at Squared Circle Gazette Radio, uh, covering May of 1999 this week on the show. Uh, As always, we will be covering every Raw, every Nitro uh, from this period of time, uh, with notes, of course, as always, from the Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters of the period to lend a little bit of an inside insight, if you will, that we may not have had at the time. And a very controversial month we're going to be talking about today, fellas, May of 99. There's a ton of notes to get to. 12 pages, in fact. So uh, as a quick programming note, I should say, for those of you who haven't heard one of our timelines before, you can, of course, go back to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com, where we archive every show we've ever done. We've been doing this now for quite some time. I think about 100 episodes ago, we started with a show covering all of 1995 in one go, and, uh, and we've been going on from there. So uh, we start with May 3rd, because Raw and Nitro are head-to-head. The show starts Monday Night Raw. We'll kick it off with Shane McMahon and Carl's favourite group, the Corporate Ministry, in the ring. Uh, pretty pedestrian. Snappy entrance music, don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. Something's gonna have to close this show, Carl. I'm sorry. Oh God. Uh, it's very pedestrian stuff in this promo to start. Shane McMahon says Vince McMahon has two hours to meet him so he can fulfil his master plan. Mankind, Ken Shamrock, Test, and the Big Show come out carrying two by fours on the ramp. That's right. It's the union. Uh, Mick Foley mentions they are, of course, all mem- uh, former members of the uh, the corporation. Uh, Mankind warns that if Shane screws with the union, they would have Shane's testicles in his hands. And then uh, kind of ends the promo with, let's go grab some balls, guys. And uh, they head down to the ring to run off the corporate ministry. So, the union. Yeah, fuck the union. <laughs> uh, not, not the finest use of Mick Foley. <laughs> uh, no, far from it. And I, I always just sort of looked at it as, a, as Vince's sort of dick move towards the likes of Brett and Jesse Ventura and Sergeant Slaughter perhaps and B. Brian Blair basically anyone who's, who's even referenced the word having a union yeah I don't think it's even that visceral I think it was just they had the corporation they had this angle with, the, with Shane taking over and it just okay okay like maybe more. Maybe it's more of a rib turd in a I can't think of anything to say but yeah. maybe it's more of a rib when Vince becomes the head of the union that's what I love yeah, when he's leading the union we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> to that. Just, I've got to say Shane in this this uh, he's insufferable um, he's had roles when he's been good um, and he's effective as, as the whiny little piss as the underling I think as a, a supplementing Vince mm. as in the leadership role as the head uh, it doesn't work at all no. it's completely un- un- unbelievable um, it feels contrived it feels amateurish it feels like a, a shit version of the old show yeah yeah um, which interesting there take there's a lot of the, and both of these shows this month uh, we'll come on to it it feels like they're both just just recycling things a little bit riding the wave a little bit almost Um, well one company is yeah (laughs) (laughs) Billy Gunn beats X-Pac on this show after Road Dog runs in to pull them apart the Outlaws get into a fight so Billy Gunn uh, he he cheap shots Dog Uh, Kane comes out and Billy flees pretty pretty weak match here again if you can't have a good match with X-Pac that doesn't bode well but uh, again this this is Billy as a heel his road to uh, the kingdom I suppose if you will it, it 
Do we class this as the first attempt at a singles push for Billy Gunn, or do we do we backdate any others? This is number two. This, this, okay. Obviously, they tried the babyface to uh, run at the start of the year when they were going to give him the Intercontinental title and then change their mind because he was getting drunk all the time. And, and we're not and we're not we're not counting any previous singles pushes either. Well, well no. no, I don't really think Rocker Billy can be considered a push. <laughs> Same guy. Unless you're, you're, you're talking about edge of a cliff. You want to talk about snappy entrance themes, Carl? Rocker Billy, he had it going on. Oh. The corporate ministry comes back out. That's right, they're here again. Uh, Shane Man comes out and pretty much announces all the matches for the whole show, kind of uh, obviously slanted towards the, the heels. The main know, what, what happened here? Because they come out... I was, I, no, I was only half watching this, I must admit. But they come out with this big promo, <laughs> which doesn't do a lot for me. No. Um, and I thought they announced some matches, but I wasn't really paying attention. Then they, then they disappeared, then they come back out, and then... Then they do it. Like, yeah, they actually do it this time. Uh, okay, so that wasn't just me. Yeah, no, it wasn't just you. They actually did do it two times. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so the whole idea is that Shane books Steve Austin versus The Rock with the corporate ministry as lumberjacks for the main event tonight. Uh, Vince and Fam come out. He's obviously with <laughs> Linda and Steph. Um, Shane challenges Vince to a match, and Vince says no. Shane then reveals that he was the one behind Steph's abduction and let The Undertaker get in the house to get the teddy bear and the pictures that obviously sent Vince into a tears uh, back in April. Vince charged the ring and gets beat down and then finally accepts the match. Uh, Meltzer gave this a review saying this is one of the best angles of the year. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not inclined to share that uh, opinion here. I'm not impressed with your performance, Dave Meltzer. Uh, some of that California lifestyle, perhaps. The old... Uh... Smoking something other than a cigarette, maybe? No, Dave Meltzer wouldn't do that. Not Dave. Not but, Big Dave, okay. But I, but I will say that Vince, Vince was good here, but I, I, I can't completely get it. It's kind of like when you see Vince in his babyface role, it's like that, the, the one we uh, talked about in April of 99 when he was beating up Midian, which was just hysterical. And it's, it's, again, it's just it's so over the top, Vince, as a babyface. Yeah, no, not buying this at all. Uh, the Stooges beat the Mean Street Posse uh, when the Peppy Boys ran off, but the fans did pop huge for Patson and Briscoe's baby faces. That's the thing about like, this stuff uh, this month, especially more about shows, but WWF, it's very confusing and, you know, kind of throws, flies in the face of what's, well, obviously, we'll know it's going to come, uh, what's happened previously and what's happened going forward, but some of it's still over. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Stooges are crazy over. Uh, Vince at various stages is crazy he's, over. He's, yeah. So, you know. I guess the ministry seems to have heat. Uh, yeah, does it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it has heat or if it's just because they're against Austin. Austin and Rock, and it's like, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's the way it feels to me ba- anyway. Basking in the reflected glory, I think. So, I mean, talk about that. Kind of I like that. Talk about cycling. I'm listening. You've got Austin. Austin's feuding with Taker again. <laughs> Rock still feuding with Triple H for like two years straight now. So, everyone's got a, new, a fresh coat of paint, but it's the same feud yeah it is the same things but again at least they're framing it interestingly well, enough Austin and Rock are over so and yeah. Patterson's punches are still wonderful <laughs> Test beats Viscera Bossman and Midian in a four way when they're obviously again slanted towards the, uh, the corporate ministry but Test gets the win uh, Taker and Triple H beat up Vince to weaken him uh, because it's going to be Vince versus Shane obviously on this show and then Vince comes out selling and beats Shane McMahon in two minutes with a stone cold stunner this is a sight to behold. <laughs> uh, anywho. Well, what, what's more interesting, the, the stunner itself or Vince's impression of Austin, Morris, yeah. after, after he's done the stunner to yeah, Shane? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't sure about this. This is, mm. this is one of those peculiar ones where you kind of see, you know, the the promoter doing what the top wrestler does to get some of the, the glory. It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, but at the same time, given the story, it does make perfect sense. Come on. And can see where it went in the end, yeah, I suppose. Exactly. Uh, the Acolytes beat Mankind, so that's one for you, Carl, in a handicap match. I'm sure you're a big fan of that. Oh, 
thrilled. Over as Rover, the acolytes here <laughs> during this period of time. Yeah. Triple H beats Ken Shamrock when the referee China fast counts Shamrock down. Um, good match, says Dave Meltzer. That'll teach Shamrock not to sleep with his sister. Uh, obviously, this is the kind of rebuttal for the fact that he didn't want to do the uh, incest angle with Ryan Shamrock a couple of months ago. Uh, big Show beats The Undertaker by disqualification when The Undertaker breaks a baseball bat over The Big Show's head. I remember this vividly because Sky cut this out. Being able to see this live at the time, I was quite pissed. Also... Sable backs out of her evening gown match as she's at the Playboy Mansion. Uh, Nicole Bass takes her place and Deborah just strips and voluntarily loses. Uh, Nicole Bass then grabs her. Jeff Jarrett comes out and hits Nicole with a guitar, which is the first uh, woman bashing that we see from Jeff Jarrett this year. Uh, Val Venus comes out and steals Deborah. So I hope you're writing all this down, folks. This is the key stuff that's going key on. Key stuff. I'm sure Russo did. And in the main event, which went 20 seconds, <laughs> The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin went to a no contest when the corporate ministry uh, just had a big giant fight with them. Vince then comes down and sends out the union and a bunch of other losers for a bench-clearing brawl. In the end, Triple H and The Undertaker throw Rock and Austin off the stage uh, down to kind of some tables down on the concrete. Not too, not too good a show, I didn't think. There's too much corporate ministry for my liking. Lots of corporate mm. ministry. It's pretty much all the company seems to have on the heel side at the moment. Um, yeah, very, very much like a, a dark NWO feel to things this month for me. Well, particularly with, with the way the show ends with a mass brawl. Oh yes, yeah. Mm. And, and, uh, going to the table as well. First of all, Rock looked like he kind of like was accidentally nudged off by Austin, and then Austin just—I don't want to see him falling through tables needlessly. I thought that was hysterical. Seeing Steve Austin in the shape he's in flying through the air and then bouncing off those tables. Like, what are you doing, Steve? Idiot. May 3rd over on Nitro. Let's see what they've got cooking up. The rebuttal. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of the epitome of everything that's wrong with the company, says Dave Meltzer in his summary of the show. Nitro, which used to be a first day sellout, now has to go around town and hand out free tickets in Flair's hometown to have an acceptable sized crowd for television. They drew 9,705 fans in a building that was set up for 18,000 and only 6,300 actually paid. Uh, We start with Ric Flair in the limo and he's with the inmates that he's helped escape from the asylum. I thought he bailed himself out. He's there. He's, okay. he's still. He's still there. My, minor detail. Minor detail. Remember, he found, he saw Scott Hall last week on Nitro. Yeah. Who, presumably, he decided to leave in the home. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> Best place for him. Yeah. yeah. Was it ever established that Hall was actually checked in? Into, into, into oh the, no, it's never no. mentioned. No. So yeah. he could have just been chilling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In fact, as it's been a while since I watched this back for the previous time. Like, did the commentators even reference Scott Hall at the time he appears on screen? I think one of them might have mentioned. Okay. They showed a replay. Yeah, they the did show week. And they did show it on Thunder as well, I remember. Yeah, I but these are sort of replays that the commentators don't see or that the folks <laughs> don't see. <laughs> well, we've been down that road already. Flair arrives. Uh, obviously, he's uh, like I said, he's with the, uh, with the inmates. He says that he signed himself to face DDP, who's the world champion, remember, uh, for the title tonight. Randy, Randy Savage comes out with three women. Jesus, I wrote. <laughs> uh, just a total yeah. mess of a seven because the crowd wanted to yeah. cheer Flair. Two of whom have fake tits and one of whom would later go on to claim to be a virgin. Indeed. Indeed. But let I me mean, just look at the state of Savage coming out with his fucking fur coat and these three women. It's like, Jesus, look at this. Has there ever been a more obvious attempt in wrestling history? And I'm sure maybe the FUNB years of, of Hulk Hogan <laughs> of trying to recapture some, some glory or seem youthful in some oh. way than this. I think the striking thing is you, you see the way Savage looks so juiced to the gills and you can't work a lick yeah. no it's just such a that's 
Such a such a shame. Yeah, a real fall from grace. Obviously, it's Flair's hometown, so they wanted to cheer for him, but they made him look like such a loser that they kind of were trying to get to boo him, but they didn't want to do that. And this whole dynamic, I thought, killed the whole show. The crowd was pretty much dead for the rest. I'm of not it. sure. So, Flair's supposed to be the heel. He's supposed to be the heel, the heel crazy president that's that's selfish and you know. Because Piper the babyface had him put yes. in the institution. That does explain. DDP is kind of a heel champion at the same time. Yeah. And Kevin Nash has somehow become babyface. Hugging Goldberg, remember, don't forget that yeah. last time we saw him. Hugging hugging Goldberg. Cool. And pray tell, what's going on with Goldberg at the moment? Welcome to it. Okay. Welcome to it. Uh, the fans booed the hell out of Randy Savage uh, when he came out. Uh, Flair told Savage he was fired and told the security to get rid of him. Savage and Medusa were beating the hell out of security before they were dragged off, and Flair told Gorgeous George to stay. Uh, Flair practically molested Gorgeous George, who was wearing a uh, top that was way too small. Uh, George started beating upon Charles Robinson, and then the buffed-up nurse from the mental home uh, tore up George without doing much of anything and left her dead without her top covering what it was supposed to. So that was uh, one for the network for you... Uh, you viewers out there uh, Flair called out Sting who came out and punched Ric Flair fans were hating this segment by now by the way uh, Flair called out Goldberg who then also came punched Ric Flair in the face so this is really being booked to make Flair look good in his hometown then for no reason Goldberg and Sting start beating the shit out of each other and the fans were booing the pull apart the brawl was good for about 45 seconds but just an, what a ridiculous scene this was Nitro's by the way three stooges yeah and by the way pay per views this Sunday if you need to realise why all this is happening all this nonsensical shit. Pay-per-view this Sunday. Have they booked matches for this pay-per-view yet? I'm some not sure. Some of them. Yeah, okay. some of them. They have They have actually mentioned some this time. Uh, after all this fucking rigmarole, Ric Flair offers Stevie Ray $100,000 to take out Kevin Nash. That was 50 grand. Stevie Ray then goes to the oh. black and white and tells them it was 50 grand because obviously he wants to keep 50 for himself. There you go. Uh, one of the inmates from the asylum was in the toilet stall and heard this and went and stooged it off to Nash. <laughs> This is the month of uh, toilet stall uh, vignettes with yeah. uh, GDTV as well. Yes, bathroom humour is running amok oh. here. Uh, so, of course, this leads to Conan versus Stevie Ray. What a battle. <sighs> the black and white come out uh, to attack Conan. Kevin Nash makes the save. And then in a scene that did not bring back memories of Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins on Raw, he bumps nooks <laughs> with Conan, of course, after they beat the fuck out of Conan at the start of the year. They're now boys, apparently. Conan is saved by Big Kev. What a guy that Kev's well, out to He be. is Bowdy Bowdy. And Rady Rady. What happens... Can you say Rady Rady with Piper on the show? I'm not sure. Um, what happened to the, the wolf pack? Just so, to jog my memory. Because at one point... They kind of became the mega wolf pack, remember? Yeah. And then Hogan decided, fuck this. <laughs> I'm going to have some surgery and get I've out of here. I've got a... Knee injury, so it just dissolves. It just dissolves. Oh, okay. that's, 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 okay. that, that's that's more or less what you know. The big blow off you could have had at Starcade in '97 for the NWO food. Nah, we'll just let it drift away, like the fans. Yeah, <laughs> as you know, drift, drift, <laughs> drift suggests slow paced moving away. This was actually uh, quite the downfall. Yeah. Rick thanks David Flair for putting him in the nut house and says that he can wrestle from now on with Charles as the ref. Charles in charge. Charles is in charge. Uh, Rick then told after David Flair leaves the scene, Rick looks at Arn and goes, "Go and get Meng." <laughs> this looks like yeah. So I'm, this book. First one, I'm thinking this makes no sense because why is he just okay? It's his son. Yeah. So there's just done a complete one one eighty, and now he's helping David. He's a heel. He's a heel. Okay, kinda. And then get Meng. So yeah. it's like what? He's gonna get Meng to beat up his son. So who might I don't understand. And Meng does kill David Flair. Yeah. So I didn't watch that. Although by the end of the match the end of the month, sorry, 
This makes no sense, but we'll come to it. Flair ends up... Uh, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> Speaking of things that make no sense, here we go. Roddy Piper attacks Ric Flair in his office as the... Uh, I have, no, I have no nicer way to say this. The mongoloids mong out. And they're throwing a beach ball around as, as Piper's beating up Flair. They spaz out, Liam. They spaz out. Let's just use that expression. Again, this is this is the image they're creating, by the way, not mm-hmm. me. It's eugenics, if you like. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Flair ends up covered in water, drenched and mad. And so he goes and tells Scott Steiner to go and kill Kevin Nash. Why Nash? Why Nash? Why does Ric Flair want someone to hurt Kevin Nash? Because of, I don't know. <laughs> you Scott, tell me. Scott Stein is running around backstage trying to look around for Kevin Nash again. Wolfpack teammates, you may recall. Okay. Uh, instead, he finds Buff Bagwell and then just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> Which can't blame the guy. No. DDP then comes out as a promo saying Ric Flair wants to be him. Uh, DDP compares himself to John Elway, Wayne Gretzky, and Michael Jordan, except they're all retired while DDP is in his prime. MJ would come back. Gretzky's still better than DDP ever was in his sport today. I'm not even going to justify this with a response. It's <laughs> DDP, come on. A police officer gave the order to round up the mental patients because they didn't have releases. <laughs> Who will book Nitro? asked Dave Meltzer. <laughs> uh, Flair came out with all of this mess in Charlotte. Uh, the city of his matches with Steamboat and Vader and Wahoo and everyone else, and he got no crowd reaction on his entrance for the main event. Him and Paige were out there struggling to get any heat, as nobody cared about either of them at this point. Savage came out and threw an object to Paige, and he hit Flair with it and pinned him. The crowd was throwing things around even before the finish, and threw a lot more afterwards. Remember in the old days when business was down in a city, they tried to come up with ways to up the house next time? In WCW, they booked the show almost with the very idea of making sure none of these fans would ever want to come back. The pay-per-view is Sunday, and there was absolutely no build on this show for Kevin Nash versus DDP, the main event. It's just... A, a, a main event, may I add just quickly, that is at the TWA Dome? Yes. That holds in excess of 50,000. We'll come to the numbers shortly. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, but the more fans you have watching, the more tidying up you got to do afterwards, it's just a bore, like... That's true. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't want that. All those receipts from ticket sales. <laughs> Especially yeah. when they're throwing things at the main event, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's really inconvenient. Raw, there's a 6.4 rating to Nitro's 3.1. More than double the rating. Fucking hell. At one point, the audience for Raw was more than three times that of Nitro, the biggest gap in the history of the war, doing a 7.3 for The Undertaker vs. Big Show match to Nitro's 2.4 for Kurt Hennig vs. Booker T. Triple the rating in 99, May 99. Flair vs. DDP only did a 2.9 to the 2.7 the Evening Gown match did on the opposite side. Page continues to be a ratings liability, by the way, in case you haven't noticed that the uh, course of these timelines. Raw then grew to a 7.4 for the two-minute Austin Rock match. That seems like the appropriate thing to say <laughs> at that point, Kieran. Uh, Raw should top a 7.0 this coming week, because Nitro is being preempted by the NBA playoffs. Thunder will also be preempted this week, but in its infinite wisdom, WCW during Nitro never acknowledge that they won't be on the air next week. They'll realise when there's nothing on TV. <laughs> Meltzer summarises this with a nice little piece here. Raw is in, Nitro is out. Wrestling fans have grown to hate Nitro and WCW for all the reasons written about here every week, and WCW is doing everything every week to only make the problems worse. Nothing short of a total overhaul is the answer. WCW had nothing as far as ratings were concerned going for it, except for Goldberg and Flair for the past two months. 
Now, due to Goldberg becoming just another guy after not being protected as he needs to be, and Flair playing a role the audience doesn't want him to play, now both are almost as dead as everyone else's ratings draws. Bringing back Piper and Savage in prominent roles was exactly what a company painted with the image of being out of date and ancient didn't need. It's time for a rebuild, but instead, WCW builds around 40-year-olds. A title reign for Paige, a title reign for Nash, Savage looking for the Fountain of Youth, retreading Roddy Piper, Flair reverting back to the 80s, Hogan coming back as a top babyface, Sting and Luger in the spotlight continuing to fail when put in a high position. Like Scott Hall is going to make the slightest bit of difference. The money, thought, and television time spent on people like Hall, Savage, and Piper should have been spent on Chris Jericho, who instead looks to be leaving, and at this point he'd be a complete not to. The new set didn't mean shit. Ricky Rackman, DJ Ran, Ricky fucking Rackman, <laughs> and putting the announcers at ringside was as effective in the healing process as putting makeup on a cancer wound. There are no answers that are going to lead to winning anytime soon. The only answer at this point is to rebuild like a sports team. Expect a horrible record in 99. Expect to get killed in the ratings every week. But build around younger talent and get them over as the main players. The older guys need to be used at this point for one thing, and that's putting over the younger guys. A football team that had its entire starting lineup past its prime and is in the middle of a 3-13 season doesn't trade away its draft choices. Well, the important thing is that the uh, the contracts are so flexible that WCW will have no problem doing that. <laughs> Car behave. I think that does actually pretty much sum it up because that I, I, the reason I, I wanted to read that entire thing was that, that was almost the exact thing that I thought watching this. Nitro just feels so old now, and it's like it's only a year from when Nitro is actually doing the best business it's ever done. Like one year, like yeah, it meant that March April '98 period was like WCW's peak and obviously they, they went on to do great things in June with Goldberg and Hogan but my god you look at it now and uh, that, that's, what a decline that, that, this that's, has been... well that's it though but we talked about that that's those March April numbers from last year and, and the June numbers well the, the June thing's a hot shot thing you know, which we can we can lament till the cows come home but uh, March and April it, it is very much it's you know it's that residual goodwill from what they've done previously yeah and that well's certainly run dry. <laughs> Boy, is that well run dry. So that's the thing I got watching this. Like they've, they've cycled so much and rotated the same guys in the same positions and given title wins to everyone and just devalued everything on their show. And now it's like, I turn on this month and it's like, what the fuck am I watching? What are they doing now? Yeah. Where are we? Yeah, and Russo's and not even there no, yet. No, I know, that's, that's the thing. Next week... I can't wait for that. Fucking hell. <laughs> The show, we'll come to it when, uh, the next week with Bischoff but that's, that's oh that's awful that's just total Russo horrific for me and I was like Jesus Christ he's not even there yet it's over um, <laughs> it's over now yeah drastic <sighs> we'll get to some notes from the torch uh, Monday's Nash and Conan reunion is expected to lead to a reformation of the wolf pack oh. I didn't know they were, ex- they were, they were gone but, but, yeah well no we, we, we've already discussed this they dissolved names being tossed around for the group are Nash Wolfpack. Conan <laughs> Rey Mysterio Jr. and Scott Hall. It's doubtful that Sting or Savage will rejoin the group, and there has been talk of placing Hall as well in the Horseman. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> let's let's just piss away everything from '96 and '97 while we're at it. Yeah, yeah. Scott Hall is now buddies with Ric Flair. Kevin Nash and Ray are now going to be buddies. Yeah. I, the Ray thing as well by the way when he comes out of Conan now oh yeah uh, what fucking what a joke a little mini me yeah matching gear little matching like convicts outfits rap music always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake yeah 
Eric, at least, at least we're not hearing Conan's video anymore. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually video. downloaded that the other day. To yeah, listen, to, to listen to because I thought about using it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not getting. I will say, after seeing <laughs> after seeing Van Hammer wrestle so much this month, I was longing for the Conan music video. Oh, Van Hammer, major stash. Yeah, not yet. Uh, Eric Bischoff is said to be the person behind Ric Flair's current angle and push. No wonder he hated him. <laughs> Bischoff is said to be very happy with the direction that Nitro has taken in the past few weeks, and outside of Flair's angle, he is leaving the majority of the booking up to Kevin Nash. Flair is said to be fine with the number of jobs he's doing because he's so happy about the amount of TV time he's being given. Keep that in mind. That's an interesting note here. Flair is happy about the current direction, doesn't mind doing the jobs. Keep that in mind. <laughs> At this point, I mean, the TV show is, is so bad... <laughs> the, the, the numbers are all going in one direction and Bischoff is such as you know the, the rate of absenteeism from Bischoff is only getting larger and larger is there something in his contract do you think was he trying to deliberately get fired to get some sort of massive severance payoff hmm. with the fish just not biting when he went fly fishing was the, bre- <laughs> was the brewery not working out were they going to repossess the Harleys was Buffalo Bill Cody Beer a losing proposition? Maybe. Had his gold club membership been rescinded? Damn it, that's what I was coming in with. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm still waiting for my order of Socko Energy Drink, by the way. Not in the moment you guess. Uh, it's with that pack of meat in the van in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> WCW is working with a company that is releasing Nitro Perfume. Oh, I remember the adverts for this. Smell like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Smell like burning money. <laughs> the, the stench of the job. <laughs> uh, literally, you can have Hogan Stangle over you too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Also in the torch, Chris Jericho's current contract pacing $225,000 a year. WCW is expected to go higher than the original three-year $450,000 a year offer to keep him. That was what they were going to him originally. The WWF wants Jericho badly, but they will not come close to WCW's offer in terms of a, ga- a downside guarantee. Jericho may still opt for the WWF because of his confidence that the WWF will give him a much better chance to be a top star. The WWF badly needs to add depth to the heel roster, so Jericho would be in a prime position for a huge push almost immediately. The WWF's internal heel depth chart is Undertaker, Hunter, Billy Gunn, Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart, Big Boss Man. Kind of crystallises things, doesn't it? And it, you know, it pretty much means it's a lock that Jericho will get a great push straight out of the gate. Continually, <laughs> Goldberg was on QVC and when he said the perfume, and when asked about what he's doing in the future, he said he really doesn't know because they don't tell him anything. When <laughs> when asked about why Kevin Nash saved him and why it wasn't referred to on Nitro, he said they often change things by Thursday from Monday. Goldberg being the company guy here and throwing everybody else under the bus. Just being honest. <laughs> With a shortage of heels, the WWF is seriously considering hiring Shane Douglas. <laughs> In ECW, his body is beat down and his match quality and interviews have been inconsistent. Teddy- hey, whoa! <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Inconsistent's fucking nice about it. Terry Taylor who is still trying to live down his recommendation uh, that the WWF hire public enemy is the <laughs> one pushing for the hiring of Douglas. I think you keep your mouth shut after that, don't you? I, I think I would. Especially if you were the Red Rooster before that yeah, as well. In the corner, Terry. Go on, cluck off home and be done with it. <laughs> <them. laughs> 
Shane Douglas. Interesting. Shit. <laughs> is the answer. Well, there's a little bit more of this coming very, very shortly. Um, May 6th, the Richmond Times-Dispatch did an interview with Earl Hebner. When asked about swearing on his kids' lives to Bret Hart that he wouldn't let anything fishy happen in Montreal, Hebner admitted doing so and claims he kept his word. I said I would never count him out and I didn't, said <laughs> Earl. <laughs> Bret and I were real close, but Bret didn't offer me any money. What? He didn't say, if you do this, I will give you this. What? I have a family that I have to take care of. What? You wanted some cash, some cold hard cash from Brett. <laughs> I should have just given the merchandise. Yeah, <laughs> some discount Heart Foundation t shirts, yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ, Earl. <laughs> why would you even. Wait, where did he say that? Uh, the Richmond Times Dispatch. Why would newspaper. You even, why would you even comment? Why even. I don't understand. Because he's a bell and he's, he's from Richmond. Is he? Oh, well, there you go. At least someone wants to talk to him. The status of Shane Douglas is the big story in ECW this week. Douglas met with the WWF at Titan Towers in Stamford, Connecticut on Friday 7th, uh, then didn't appear at the ECW Arena show the next day. The last word we had, which was just before the weekend, was that the WWF hadn't decided on him for a number of reasons, largely his frequent injuries, but the impression that I was given, says Meltzer, was they were leaning towards bringing him in and planning on him getting a significant push. The idea of him working with Austin, as silly as that sounds, is being banded around. God, at this point, I'd rather they bring back Doctor Death. Well, I was going to say it's a company who signed Doc to feud with Austin, and then put him in the brawl for all. Yes. Yeah. So stupid decisions are not beyond beyond them. No. Like desperate means and all that shit. Yeah. Whatever. And that's why the Undertaker ends up getting these fucking matches <laughs> again. <laughs> again. Mark, <laughs> tie your hair different again. The curious thing is, I thought Douglas had left ECW by this point I had no idea he was still with the company he was still milling around wasn't he but he wasn't doing it I think the story of his life well this is the thing I think that he was kind of um, there were some there were some issues on the promotional side I think Shane was like in charge of booking the shows in Pittsburgh for ECW and then Heyman fucked him on a deal or something like that so that didn't help we move now to WCW Slamboree on May 9th 20,516 people in the building 13,789 paid to get in a horrendous 0.45 buy rate for 168,000 buys during a boom period. Well, it wasn't their boom period. <laughs> Good point. At another time, changing the world title, tag team titles, and TV title all on the same night, plus having a match for control of the company could have made for two complete important pay-per-view shows by themselves. But nobody cares about the belts and the control issue is turned into a farce. Rick Steiner wins the TV title off Booker T when Scott Steiner helps him though Rick didn't know about the interference. Scott Steiner then beats fucking seven bells of shit out for Fagwell on this show, by the way. And then Rick Steiner turns heel on Buff, so he knew all along the Steiners are reunited as heels. Wasn't a big fan of this decision. Yeah, and then at a time when the company is being chastised and lambasted, rightly so, for appearing old and stale... Steinerized! There you go. Yeah. Rick Steiner hit the bricks. This guy was fucking awful during this run. It's just because he's Scotty's bro, isn't it? He's so lucky. Yeah. At this point, so lucky. It's Scotty I feel sorry for. Yeah. and Shane, his whole life. Fucking hell. Ugh. Also on this show, Piper versus Flair, the battle for power, ends with Flair getting the win, but babyface Bischoff shows up out of nowhere and reverses the decision, so Piper wins and is now the president. 
Well, well, Flair is gone. I think Piper's the present because of this. I, I don't know. I'm confused because last I saw of Bischoff, he had no control over the company. Yeah, this is very confusing to me too. And his hair colour's changed. Yeah, but, and he's got a shady mullet on the go. <laughs> yeah, he has the little bit peeking out the it's back. Right, yeah, it's just hinting that he's there. Yeah, just letting you know. Yeah. Like a baby Groot. <laughs> I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> also on this show, we'll come back to Bischoff because there's more. Uh, gorgeous George versus Little Nate. Oh, this was quite fun. I don't think he should have done the job. Well, maybe not. Second rope elbow from Gorgeous George for the finish. But Nate was Little Nate was pretty good in doing all the flare stuff, the, the the bumps and the. Uh, I, mean, I thought this was a lot of fun. Goldberg versus Sting, which actually, if they'd have promoted this, could have been actually could have had a bit of intrigue. But no, six days more paid people in. Maybe no contest, of course. Uh, Bret Hart appears for the first time in forever and attacks Bill Goldberg with a steel chair. After all the hoopla about Bret Hart quitting back in Toronto, he was literally called in the Friday before the show to come back and had to cancel previous plans to promote his movie in Toronto at the documentary festival. Uh, just so that Bret's return is forgotten, uh, the Steiners immediately do a run-in afterwards and beat up Sting as well. So, Bret's back, beat the shit out of Goldberg with a chair, smashed his uh, knee and ankle. And that few I can't wait to on. see where that leads. That will, well, yeah, well. In December. <laughs> when it's forgotten about. The Booker, Kevin Nash, beats Diamond Dallas Page to win the world title. Bischoff is once again involved in the finish, notifying Nick Patrick of a, of a uh, bit of shadiness at the end. Match has restarted. Kevin Nash, Jackknife, there's your victory. Big Kev. Oh. Books himself to win the title. Scott Hall was scheduled to take part in the finish. The original plan was to have the arena lights go out ECW style, and when they came back on, Hall would be in the ring helping Nash. The plan fell through during the middle of the show when Scott Hall told management he wanted to take three to four more months off. <laughs> and you they said, okay. <laughs> okay. With full pay. Yeah, with full pay, of course. Just not feeling today, boss. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to need another three to four months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I know I'm there, but I don't feel like it. I haven't told the car in three months. Ask me just, next quarter. I'm just not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goldberg suffered a severely bruised ankle and aggravated his already injured knee as a result of Bret Hart's stiff chair shots at the pay-per-view. Originally, he thought the ankle was broken and got so upset backstage that he punched a wall and did some damage to his hand. <laughs> well, hmm. <laughs> I sense some foreshadowing, though. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Goldberg wasn't mad at Brett, he was mad at Bischoff, because he felt that he shouldn't have been wrestling in the first place. When Bischoff came into the locker room to check on Goldberg, Bill sternly told him, Are you fucking happy now? <laughs> Goldberg was then taken to the hospital after the show. Ric Flair was so upset following his match with Roddy Piper at Slambury that he blew up in front of a cafeteria full of wrestlers after the pay-per-view. Flair had been promised the pay-per-view win in real life in exchange for doing all the TV jobs, and then they changed it on in the day of the show. Uh, Flair was talking loudly and publicly about thinking that he'd been double-crossed. According to eyewitnesses, Flair threw his coffee cup down in rage and said, Don't be surprised if I show up on Raw tomorrow night. That wasn't coffee in that cup. <laughs> what's, the, what's the outrage there, Carl? I just thought that was the more relevant thing, in truth. There was nothing in there about there being anything in the cup. No, he threw his mm. coffee cup down. I throw empty coffee cups all the time. In a rage. It's a sign of power. <laughs> Which Flair was desperately uh, exactly. clinging on to at this point. <laughs> Severely lacking in. Yeah. So just, just as an emphasis there, to hammer this point home, about stale and old WCW. Miserable people. P Piper versus Flair. The exact same match they had 
almost two, two years, years previously at Bash at the Beach. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> With Funnel of, I believe the same result. Piper went over. Yeah, well. Fair doesn't mind, I guess. Hurrah for RPVP. Bischoff was telling people at the pay-per-view that the NBC deal from a few months <laughs> back, you may recall this uh, NBC deal, we talked about it at length. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Bischoff said that it was screwed up by those damn TBS execs, and then when the baseball strike, sorry, the basketball strike ended, NBC changed its mind about the deal. That could also be a face-saving story, because many people feel the deal was never solid to begin with, although negotiations were definitely serious at one point. Based on last year's pay-per-view revenue, WCW is currently $12 million behind budget in pay-per-view for this year. And this is May. <laughs> the important thing is they've realised it now. It can yeah, plenty of things. Yeah, turn it around. Get that, that shit back on course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not a positive cash flow, but stem the bleeding. That's, 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 that'd be the idea. That'd be Quart- my plan. Cauterise the wound. Mm. Exactly. Ed Ferrara. Vince Russo's assistant at scriptwriting on Raw gave his two weeks notice to the WWF right before the May 10th Raw taping after a dispute with Vince McMahon about a beaver cleavage vignette where they were going to keep doing plays on the word pussy. I guess even McMahon has his limits and wouldn't allow it to air. McMahon said that he wouldn't accept Ed Ferrara's notice and wanted him to stay. I'm not sure exactly what the status of him is, but it's believed he'll be staying. I love that. Vince says no. Nah. Nah, you don't, you don't quit. No. No, pal. I'm not unlocking those chains. <laughs> not at all. Get in that field. <laughs> the next day, the next day, May 10th, Monday Night Raw is unopposed due to the NBA playoffs. Ric Flair is not in attendance. We start out with Billy Gunn versus Kane, and this match fucking sucked. I remember to this day, there's a spot in this match where I think, so Billy Gunn's on the floor, he goes to pull Kane out, and he pulls him out, and then Kane like shoves him back into the barricade, and then kicks Billy Gunn on the rebound, and it misses by like four feet, and Gunn just takes a bump and sells it anyway. Did we miss... Terrible. The finish to X-Pac and... Billy Gunn. We probably did because I just the, the, foot, over the foot to the groin on the Bronco Buster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great and that deserves a mention. I mean, yeah, it does. And he he did that in six with Flair. I think Hog Wild or something like that a couple of years before. But I love that finish. Yeah, great stuff. Anywho, uh, at the end of this match, Kane gets his leg tangled in the ropes upside down, which is kind of a funny visual. Uh, Billy Gunn's beating him up, and X Pac and Kane run down to make the save. D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry after losing all their heat from the start of the year are now back out and they beat up. Uh, Dog and Kane, no, they beat a Pack and Kane. Sorry, while Gun attacks Dog, it's a fucking mixed bag here. Oh, <laughs> like, Vince comes out leading the Union. <laughs> I thought that was just great. That's he had shirt sleeves rolled up and everything. He did. Real man of the people. Yeah, his own fucking piece of wood and everything. I loved it. <laughs> Tremendous. The corporate ministry comes out. There's a bunch of dudes in riot gear, and one of them is Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Kieran, you had to be happy. Looking like he was in the shield. He looked the bomb. He did. He did. He looked. He looked. Uh, he looked good. Great. Is <laughs> a flip reverse of the previous week. Shawn Michaels is the one making a, making a bunch of matches, similar to Shane. So obviously we get them kind of slanted towards the baby faces this week, fellas. Uh, we get Deborah versus Sable in an evening gown match for the women's title. We saw Val Venus come out and distract Deborah so Sable could tear her dress off. Nicole Bass chased Val Venus away and Jarrett hit him with a guitar. Shawn Michaels then said, as far as he's concerned, the one who loses their clothes is the winner, so he awarded the match and the women's title to Deborah. Women's revolution. <laughs> Believe it or not, they had problems getting Sable to do a job and give up the belt. I know that sounds stupid, but wrestling often is. <laughs> Somewhere G's weeping at that turn of events. I can only hope. Yeah. 
don't know. I suppose women's wrestling has actually come a long way when you look at a show like this. Well, from that, then absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just didn't bother to wrestle. Yeah. Try. <clears throat> Big Boss Man beats Test in a nightstick on a pole match. Oh, God. Which was the first match on the show that had an actual finish. Uh, Tess got the stick, but then Bossman had hidden another one and just used that and won. And by the way, the fans didn't give a rat's ass about this match. This one fucking on forever. Why would they? Oh, Christ. Test. Not. I don't. <clears throat> you know what? Actually, I want to make this point now before I forget. Almost everybody in the union came out worse. <laughs> When they formed this stupid group. Yeah. The best Shamrock after this was nowhere. The best thing that could have happened to Foley was the knee surgery. Absolutely. <laughs> Big show after this was just fucking floundering. Didn't even make it to the semi-finals of the King of the Ring this year. <laughs> just a, a, a dire state for, for, for him. Test was doing nothing until the whole uh, Stephanie yeah, stuff but he, came Yeah, he, he was doing nothing before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. But, the, but I just, it, just, it begs belief. I don't care about statute of limitations. Bossman and Nails were so horrendously bad six years previously there was no need to think let's redo that match but with Test in the role it's better than Nails we'll come to him we'll come to Nails later there's a Nails story coming that's up like, that's, like, that's like the same sort of context as syphilis is better than gonorrhea it is they're both bad <laughs> Cactus Jack beat Midian and Viscera in a hardcore handicap match Foley didn't look his best here, by the way. He didn't have much to work with, I suppose. He came to the ring with basketballs and hit Midian with one of them. Uh, Bradshaw versus Farouk is a lumberjack match with the Union as the lumberjack, which went three minutes before another sports entertainment finish where they just stopped fighting. Cool. <laughs> I guess you can they do that. Stopped. They just stopped fighting. The corporate ministry came out to attack the Union, but the Union chased them off, all except Viscera, who was too fat and slow to move out of there, so they beat him up with the 2 by 4s I like that. Yeah, that's great. He's huffing and puffing his way That'll teach you fatting. <laughs> There's a Vincent Mann message there, surely. Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson beat Pete Gass and Rodney in 2 minutes and 13 seconds of a loser leaves the WWF match, and this was fucking great. This is when they come out to Real American and they're doing the whole uh, the, the Hogan poses. Um, infinitely more overdoing those than Hogan is at this oh, point oh aren't they just this scene was great uh, the best thing on Raw in months says Meltzer <laughs> they just mocked Hogan Briscoe 52 is really pretty bad in the ring but Patterson 61 no matter how sleazy he might be in real life <laughs> will be one of the best workers in the business five years after he's dead <laughs> next was supposed to be Ken Shamrock versus China Shamrock said he wasn't raised to hit a woman China slapped him Ken suplexes her and leaves he didn't hit her it's a move yeah well and, 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 and Earl didn't actually technically break his word either so there you go there you go there you go false equivalencies are all the rage these days the main event is of course a six man tag that was made by uh, Shawn Michaels at the start of the show it's Vince Rock and Austin a dream team if ever there was one against Triple H Undertaker and Shane McMahon uh, Vince was laid out immediately by a tombstone from The Undertaker so he didn't have to wrestle uh, Rock KO'd Shane with his cast that he's been wearing since last week because of the uh, theoretical broken arm from his uh, bump off the stage um, so Shane didn't have to do much either uh, the finish of the match was Steve Austin hitting the stunner on Shane Vince went to cover him but Austin threw Vince off gave Shane another stunner and got the pin himself which I kind of liked because I kind of liked that whole the underlying illusion of Austin doesn't trust Vince. Yeah, Austin's like, fuck yeah. this. I'm not, I'm not buying this. The Austin character and all this yeah. matters to Austin. He's just, uh, he's just like beating people up. Yeah. I'm, not part, he is. I'm not part of the charade. Yeah. yeah, fuck this menagerie of idiots. Let's come out and beat some people up. When the numbers came out, nearly everyone had to be flawed. 
Raw, and Gallant Gatti, they were looking for a 7.0 maybe. Raw, unopposed, drew a record 8.1. The most watched and second highest rated pro wrestling program in the history of the USA Network. Raw peaked at a 9.2 for the end of the six-man tag, making it the single most watched pro wrestling match in the history of cable television. It's filthy. And the first match in cable history to top 10 million viewers. Yeah, can we can we just point out that stage as well? 9.2 is higher than the uh, Rock's This Is Your Life segment. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Just, just feel the need to emphasise that. Yeah, significantly higher, in fact. Mm. Uh, although this is unopposed, I suppose. That's a uh, oh, crumbs please, of comfort for Vinny Please, but by that point in 99, it was unopposed every week. <laughs> it fell just 0.3 short of the combined overruns of Nitro and Raw last week, the, uh, the final segment. Nine of the matches on Raw drew ratings higher than an 8.0. <laughs> the Stooges versus the Posse did an 8.6, which was the second highest rate on the show behind only the main event. The Detroit Pistons-Atlanta Hawks game, which went against Raw on TB on TNT instead of Nitro, did a 1.2. The Phoenix Suns-Portland Trailblazers game, uh, which went against the remainder of Raw, did a 1.4. So an absolute shellacking here for Ted Turner. So what happens when there's no Chicago Bulls in the playoffs? <laughs> the Sable-Deborah title change is exactly as weird as it looked on television. There's been a lot of problems between Sable and management to the point that some think it's inevitable Sable is going to leave and try to market herself as Rena Mero in Hollywood. Her and Mark Mero both asked for their releases at Raw. The, re- uh, the reality is, if she does leave and goes by the name Rena Mero, her shelf life in Hollywood is very short. Since her contract isn't to be a wrestler, she's refused to wrestle at the house shows. She's turned down doing the job in wrestling matches to give up the belt on a few occasions, and was making a fuss about wrestling on television at all. She was agreeable to wrestling on pay-per-view shows because of the money involved, but she didn't want to take bumps anymore. I can see why her and Lesnar hit it off, by the way. <laughs> yeah. This pretty well left them to come to this ridiculous compromise in order to get the belt off her. Let's... Why do you need to get the belt off her for? Exactly. Honestly, to give it to Deborah. Because she's going to work. Mm, yeah, but they perceive her as malleable and exactly the same, don't they? So, yeah, exactly. And at this point, is she screwing Austin? Uh, I, think she, I think something's going on there, yeah. Well, there you go then. Yeah. Keep, keep the real champ happy. Mm, that's right. During Raw, Shawn Michaels and Nicole Bass had a couple of verbal exchanges in the ring, some of which were not on television that led to very hard feelings backstage afterwards. Michaels said to Nicole Bass, Step back, mister. <laughs> you can just... You can you can just picture it, can't you? You can just picture it in your mind's eye. <laughs> she said, obviously that was on Raw when he said that. Uh, she asked Michaels, I guess this was uh, off television, if he was jealous of her size, and Michaels said no, because there are a lot of other guys bigger than her. <laughs> Bass put up a fuss backstage and actually began crying over the comments. Several people backstage had to console her. <laughs> from, from, from Sean's very uh, mean-spirited comments. Oh, I love Sean Michaels. <laughs> dick. Was it what a like, dick. When he's doing the thing as well, like, was it all comments about banging Sable? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if he has or he hasn't, but I hope he has. Nah, no way. Go on, Sean. <laughs> David Boy Smith. You may remember him from uh, Fired on Full Pay from the last episode. <laughs> Is now remembering from the emergency ward. Yes, is now able to move around somewhat and even leave the house. (laughs) He's wearing a full body cast, but he's talking about being able to wrestle and doing so in the WWF. He's currently putting more effort in than Scott Hall, it would seem. Yeah, he's been in contact with Vince McMahon. Even though he was sent a termination notice by WCW, they are continuing to pay him, and the checks indicate they will continue coming. Smashing. (laughs) Twelve million dollars behind in uh, in revenue. This company. Paying the man who's fired. 
All right. Um, in related news, Perry Saturn had fluid injected into a disc in his spine this week, which was almost completely dried out. His back had been in worse and worse pain pro- progressively as time has gone on, stemming from an injury last fall, taking a bump on the trapdoor. Told you. All stay- these. I told you. you. Stay away from that trapdoor. There's something down there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. Uh, it isn't definite according to the WWF office but the word we get is Mick Foley will have both his knees scoped after this pay-per-view and maybe in early June and clean up cartilage damage he's expected to be out until probably mid-July get well soon Mick I wonder if this is um, after seeing the fantastic booking of losing to the Acolytes if this is a Hogan knee injury no I wonder no it's not I I, I question the timing here he wants to get out while he's doing nothing He's stuck with the union. Perfect time to have knee surgery. Definitely. I know you're upset. If I was wrestling me I... in a viscer, I'd break my own leg to have surgery. Liam, I know you're upset from what you had to sit through for this month. <laughs> I am. But there's no reason to take out on Mick. Add Goldberg to the list of very unhappy campers. <laughs> and boy, have there been a lot of those of late in WCW. Goldberg, who has several years left on his contract, which I believe is at $800,000 per year attempted to renegotiate it upwards since he's the company's biggest current media star but is far below the likes of Hogan, Hart, Nash, Hall, Savage, Sting and even Page who are all at $1.5 million oh, or higher. Page. Yeah, Page's on one5 That's ridiculous. Comes off worse with each passing timeline. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Fuck this guy. DDP. And everyone who ever liked him. Yeah. DD me, as uh, <laughs> Madden called him. Names. So, obviously, I just want to preface this next tidbit by WCW <coughs> realising their problems and looking to, to forge ahead in the right direction a new cologne that's the answer <laughs> names like Sid and Yokozuna have been brought up to join WCW oh, hold on whoa, whoa, whoa. just before you get too far ahead wasn't the last mention we had of Yokozuna on this timeline the fact that he couldn't get medically cleared to wrestle in something like half the country Yokozuna wouldn't be legal to wrestle in any commissioned state due to his failing of a physical in New York. Uh, there is no truth to any of the recent talk about the WWF considering bringing Sid back. So the one no, they learned their lesson in '97. Yes, they did. It took them a few goes, but they did learn. It seems to me Yoko's a bit young for WCW anyway. Mm, well, Hogan wants that job back. Oh, Don't forget, yes. it's always about Hogan getting that job back. Chris Jericho wrote on his website this week that he's made up his mind about his future but wouldn't say what the decision was. But everyone in WCW is under the impression it's not them. <laughs> I love when everyone had to wet their own website. I, I know, those are the days. Yeah. And people could say whatever they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Glorious. It's sad now, isn't it? Now you've got Twitter and people, you know, backtracking immediately as soon as someone's offended. Fucking pussies. Yeah, bunch of pussies. Baron Corbin giving people all this shit and backtracking. Oh, he Did buried, he? Yeah, oh, he buried Meltzer. He buried Meltzer. He, I don't even know what he said. This was, this was actually part of the story of... Uh, I don't know how big how important this was and what happened on SmackDown this past week. I'm not going to spoil that for you, Carl, if you haven't seen it yet. Oh, I know what happens. Yeah. I'm relieved. He, 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 buried, he buried Dave online and then some fan kind of stuck up for Meltzer saying he is very respected by a lot of, you know, reputable people. And Corbin came back saying, like, what, marks like you who, are, uh, who have accomplished nothing and... I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, your profile picture is you at an indie show like a geek. Love it. And then the guy came back and said, actually, I've, uh, I'm in the fucking Air Force, I've been for 14 years, done two tours of Afghanistan and 
you know, all, all these plaudits about doing the, the army stuff, and Corbin immediately shits pants and backtracked. Fucking pussy. Backtracked immediately, knowing that he was in deep shit. Fucking pussy. I know, I know. Do it all the Dude, way. What is wrong with this it's, world? It's character. You're a fucking pro wrestler. You're it's a work. It's what is fucking wrong with you fucking egocentric old fucking wankers? <laughs> you might have to edit this out, Liam, because I'm talking to my teeth, but it fucking annoys I'm me. I'm leaving it in, I'm leaving it in. It's the state of the business today compared to back to be there. heels. Oh, no one wants to be a heel, Carl. Why not? Because everyone wants their fucking dick sucked and being told they're how fucking entertained they are rather than just being generally despised for being good at your job. I was fucking wrestling! I was disappointed in Baron because I always thought Baron was above that. I thought, you know what, Baron, one of his redeeming features is that he seems to like not really mind coming off like a bell end. And no. I just assumed he's genuinely a dick. Well, maybe he is, who knows? He's uh, probably a dick, he's also a pussy. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Team America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched it for a while, so I can't yeah. quote it verbatim. Sorry. Don't worry, don't worry. May 14th, Kevin Nash was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. They showed the clip of Bret Hart attacking Goldberg, and Nash called Hart high maintenance and a whiner who doesn't want to work for our federation, so he challenged him to a match on The Tonight Show. These. This fucking shit. I'm just going to interject here because we didn't talk about Bischoff. Please do. Bischoff when he's back with his fucking shady grey mullet. Uh, talking all the shit about stuff that no one has a fucking clue. Well, oh, we'll come to the beautiful one. The beautiful one that's oh, coming up next week. Not, okay, cool, yeah. Oh, that's fucking beautiful, isn't it? That's, that's newsworthy. That's good stuff. Jay Leno has a lot to answer for. For being part of this? No, just Jay Leno has a lot to answer for. Yeah, I've never a big Leno fan, to be quite honest. t-shirt there, mate. Get it made. Leno was running down Bret Hart to prepare the audience for Hart appearing as a surprise run-in from the audience to accept the challenge on the May 18th Tonight Show because they are going to do the match Hart vs Nash uh, on May 24th on the Tonight Show. This will be built up on Nitro in the next two weeks and take place in a wrestling ring set up in the parking lot at the Tonight Show in Burbank. Nash never explained why he was making the challenge and why Goldberg wasn't there but Nash offered $250,000 if Hart could beat him. Of Ted Turner's money. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. What's another 250k <laughs> when you're losing 12 million already? I, I like how they're promoting matches on mainstream TV to take place elsewhere on mainstream TV and not on their own shows. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Beautiful. Not, not even on some sort of parent company network either. NBC. <laughs> NBC which is affiliated with the WWF which they're still waiting for that deal Carl don't they they're, they're, just, for that they're deal. just greasing the wheels <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there is some behind the scenes tension going on with Rock and Hunter right now yeah so that's begun I'm missing nobody Triple H Expect Steve Austin versus Triple H to headline SummerSlam this year and Austin versus Paul White to headline WrestleMania next year nah <laughs> not looking good for that is it at nah. this point uh, the Steiner brothers will be repackaged uh, with Lex Luger to form the new top heel alliance in WCW what the Steiners and Luger are the new top heel alliance or they're going to be in WCW that's the idea at this is, point. is the idea that they're going to feud with this uh, reformed wolf pack can't wait can't wait Eric Bischoff this is beautiful told some of the wrestlers on May 17th before Nitro started that they were going to focus the company around 10 wrestlers who weren't named but are believed to be Hogan Page, Savage Flair, Nash Hall, Sting, Hart, Piper and Goldberg. I thought he was going to say who weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> All of whom except Goldberg are past 40 uh, and everyone else would have to wait for their push, he said. It is believed that Bischoff talked with Hogan who brought him to this conclusion and that those guys are the money players and no one else can draw money. 
Bischoff even apparently told one of the second tier wrestlers, the ones who need to be pushed but never are, they had tried to push the younger guys, but the ratings had fallen and it didn't work. Everyone was trying to figure out when the period was when they actually pushed the younger guys. Maybe it was that Goldberg-Bigelow feud at the end of 98. Maybe that was it. It was the Goldberg-Jericho program that never oh, really happened. that was it. Yeah, that was it. That must have been it. We move now to that episode of Nitro, May 17th. The show opens up with Ric Flair and his entourage getting out of a limo, and DDP does as well. Intrigue, mystery, mm. suspense. Charles Robinson is replacing Roddy Piper's name with Ric Flair's on the door as the uh, president of the company. Uh, this wasn't actually ever explained, but I guess the rule is that Flair now actually won the match in St. Louis after all, because Bischoff didn't have the right to overrule the match. So he is actually still the president. Right. So Bischoff has no power. He, but, but he thought he did. I think that this might be just in bullshit. <laughs> like, you know, hey, I, I reversed this decision. Huh? Okay. And then, of course, in the main event, he suggested that Nick Patrick uh, restart the match, and he did it. So that one could that one could fly. You've lost me. You've yeah. got, I'm gone. Well, you're like one I'm of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of many. Uh, so anyway DDP so Flair comes out to make a bunch of matches DDP comes out and they allude to an alliance for Flair and DDP which just fucking confounded me after you know the match last two weeks ago but it was two weeks ago Liam two weeks ago and the fact that DDP beat Flair for the belt I don't know it's a different pay-per-view cycle Liam they were teasing DDP and Savage having an alliance for like a month it's, it's, it's like a woman in a period we're on to a new month now oh dear Oh, crying out loud. Oh, oh come on. I've said far worse. Oh, no, you have. It doesn't mean that again. Do want, what, do you want to go up to the syphilis line, Carl? <laughs> is, ba- is bad worse than I'm, awful? I'm sure there was a HIV on in the last podcast. Yeah, I'm sure there was. I'm restraining myself. Well, <laughs> in accordance with the court ruling. <laughs> DDP on this promo said, he's never cried over a finish. Mm. In public. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he then... That's bought... what a pump pilot does. Yeah, exactly. He then bought out Bam Bam Bigelow to be his new backup. <laughs> I do the job. Sad face, sad face. Yeah. Trying to... <laughs> WTF. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so then the, the big thing on the show that I love is the Eric Bischoff sit-down interview. Oh, this is the one that you're thinking of, Kieran, where he pretty much admits defeat for WCW and talk about how they dominated for 88 weeks in a row. Yes, this is the one. I'm like... What the fuck is this? He said WCW wasn't number one anymore, but they would be again. I'm just like, what <laughs> the fuck is this guy doing? Like, what's he on about? This is a man the, melting the, down before your eyes. The exact opposite of spin. Yeah. It, it's like you might as well have said, oh, and I made up the NBC deal as well. So, <laughs> Saza. It just like, I'm watching the show, it's like, has, what has this got to do with any story that's ever been put on their TV? He, talk, he starts talking about how he took his eye off the ball he, he got he got complacent the competition got more fierce oh, than he would that. have liked no but I thought because if we followed the TV which is confusing at the best of times like any but if we'd followed the TV he lost power mm-hmm. so it was about taking his eye off the ball because Ric Flair took over he hasn't got power I don't know oh, it does. I he it. thanked Bill Shaw for giving him his break and putting him in power in 1992 to, to which the audience says who yeah like I'm saying we've seen a man melt down before our eyes this whole this whole promo it's like what is it doing on the show yeah it's like mind boggling it's pure Uh, Russo it's pure inside bullshit yeah the unfortunate thing being that people wouldn't learn the right lessons from this sort of thing what is what is the the intention of this kind of promo because it's done all the time is is this a reinforced fan uh, loyalty that we're going to give you something worth sticking around and watching for soon we know we're shit everyone right okay we're listening to you and we are going to change okay. 
the same day as he mentions the top ten guys backstage. By the way, almost following a sort of similar vein to Vince's intro at the start of a Raw. We're we're no longer what we used to be. Oh yeah, yeah. This one doesn't get remembered that much, but uh, I I saw this and I just had my head in my hands, yeah. just thinking. That's almost like the acknowledgement of it's over. Oh yeah, from Bischoff. First of all, you never do that anyway. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. You never say it's over. You never say you've lost. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, we all know. Some things just don't need to be. But we said. like to pretend that you don't think that. Anyway. We were 32 minutes into the show before a single match hit the ring, by the way. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Evan Courageous, which goes two minutes, because the match was supposed to go nine, but after 90 seconds, they told the guys to go home. <laughs> Mysterio Jr. wasn't exactly thrilled about that backstage. We'll call it the Scott Hall. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, Flair was then backstage and told Buddy Lee Parker that everyone who runs a company pushes their kids and talked about Vern Gagne, uh, Bill Watts, and the uh, obviously Fritz Von Erich, so he was going to push his kid. Again, last week he had Meng beat him up, so I'm not really sure what changed here. He told Parker that when Arn gives the signal, you lay down for the figure four, and Flair would make him an executive in the company. He then bought out David Flair and Tory Wilson. They made it clear that in storyline, Wilson slept with Rick, so he promised to give David a push. That's the backstory what? here. The idea is that Flair uh, gave Tory the ultimatum. Sleep with me and I'll treat him right. <laughs> treat me right, I'll treat him right. Sick world, this is sick business. That, that, that I can believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Melzer says, okay, that explains why Rick is pushing David after everything that went down. But can anyone explain why David now loves Rick again? He's a Mark, and he's getting on TV. He's getting TV time. Fair enough. Look, we've all <laughs> sound s- rationale. We've all seen any? how he reacts and what he looks like. Hey, Rick marked out for a bit of TV time. It, it's ergo, it's common sense that he certainly would too. David then beats Sarge in three minutes. The fans are booing this. Very loudly and not in a good way. Not in a this is heat way. Like this is a this is we fucking hate this kind of way. Yeah. At this point, could anyone in WCW really tell the difference? I I could watching this. Like, this we, is this awful. It's the kind of reaction like the No Limit Soldiers we get later in the year. You know that kind of oh fuck this. Yeah, but that brought a wry smile to my face. <laughs> Savage and Medusa beat Ric Flair and Charles Robinson. Flair bumped- Charles is supposed to be in charge. Flair bumped like crazy for Medusa. Taking the backdrop, the slam, everything. He's doing this whole shtick with Medusa. <coughs> Savage hits the flying elbow on Charles Robinson for the win. Charles Robinson suffered a bruised esophagus and a possible collapsed lung taking the top oh, rope elbow. Charles. The bump is harder to take now because Savage is overly protective of his bad knee, which means the elbow lands with more force than ever before, meaning that he basically just jumps on your chest and you have to take it. Oh, little nature. Collapsed lung. Yeah. Roddy Piper does a fucking terrible promo here. He's given a comedy routine to be the 10 reasons Ric Flair shouldn't be the president. It wasn't funny and it never ended and it just absolutely bombed. <laughs> Being wrestling fans, the only line that actually got over was Ric Flair thinking that Y2K had something to do with KY Jelly, which I wrote down and laughed at just because Rock would use the same joke <laughs> later in the year. But better. But better, yeah. Bischoff came out to no reaction. <laughs> Piper yelled at Bischoff, who kept apologising, saying he'd do better for WCW. How could he do better? He's got no authority. We've established this because they reversed it, the decision he'd made about the match the previous night. Randy Savage came out. <laughs> now Savage is a heel after being a babyface wrestling Ric Flair earlier in the show with his entourage wanting a title shot at Nash. 
Medusa kicked Eric Bischoff, George hit Piper with a, a, her crutch, and Randy Savage piled over Roddy Piper before that great guy Kevin Nash made the save, and Nash left arm in arm with Roddy Piper, which has its own unintentional humour. <laughs> After all the shit that Nash and him have been through in the years previous. It's as if they want to lose. You look at it, and... Nah, it's just the top guys want to still be top guys. That's all it is. It's a sad state of affairs. Sting and Rick Steiner goes to a four-minute double count-out. Kurt... Yeah, God knows Rick Steiner can't do the job. Kurt Hennig beats Conan in 13 minutes. <laughs> the... that's, that's, that's a rib. <laughs> no. It's got to... No, 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 no. It's got to have been someone's idea of a rib. Let's make Conan go 13 minutes, surely. <laughs> yeah, did he fucking manage that's that? That's Nash. That's Nash. That's Nash all over. Would you reckon it's like on the booking sheet three and he <laughs> walked up with a pen and put a one in front of it? <laughs> I love it. That's it, that's it, that's it. The show highlight was Raven and Satin beating Malenko and Benoit. Imagine that. Uh, hell of a match here. I thought this was really good. Raven and Satin and Malenko and Benoit every single time have great matches and it's just so sad to see them go nowhere. The main event of Nash versus DDP uh, with Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, to show how over these two guys are, the crowd was chanting Goldberg. <laughs> Bigelow interfered freely. Page worked hard enough to even get a good match out of Nash, says Meltzer. Bigelow's interference meant nothing, but when Savage ran in, that was a DQ. Bigelow splashed Nash after the match, and Savage put lipstick on his mouth and face and dropped him with the uh, lung-destroying top rope elbow to close the show. So there you go. More steam on Randy Savage. Yeah, steam also comes off shit. Well, I'm, I'm saying week to week that they had two weeks after the uh, previous bad show more of the same here if anything this has ramped up worse less goofy flair comedy but other than that this show is just fucking poor 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 over on Raw however I thought this was actually a pretty good episode this week a pretty hot show even with the usual standard says Melzer because they added some good in-ring action to the storylines uh, we get a six man tag with X-Pac Road Dog and Kane against Billy Gunn D'Lo and Mark Henry which wound up with everyone brawling in the crowd of course no finish because it's 1999 and it's pro wrestling Vince they learn the lessons from WCW oh of course worked for them in bygone years so. oh they're copying the uh, NWO angle so Brilliant far formula, so. Yeah. Yeah. Vince gets beaten up and is carted off in an ambulance hurrah uh, Steve Austin does a promo the first one of length this whole month which is a crime in itself uh, on Triple H and The Undertaker basically just saying what you said before he doesn't really give a fuck about any of this nonsense and he just wants to beat somebody up <laughs> which is like Ah, Steve Austin. Beautifully simple. I know, beautifully simple. And the crowds go so crazy, and it's just divine. It's like, all the time spent on these storylines, and all this stuff that Russo's fucking coming up with while he's sitting on the toilet all week long, and then (laughs) it doesn't fucking matter because Steve Austin's there. And and to me, that became so apparent this month when you look at this this elaborate fucking... This cavalcade of horseshit. This angle that we know ends in the most illogical possible way. All this time dedicated to this fucking storyline and none of it's over but Vince is over because of Austin and Austin's over like God no matter what he does. Just... Nice to see these lessons playing out in front of my eyes again. The corporate ministry and the union run out for a big brawl in the middle of Austin's promo and uh, Austin stuns Paul Bearer. So uh, obviously hitting hard in the heart of the Undertaker here. The Brood, which is uh, obviously Gangrel, Edge, and Christian against Michael Hayes and the Hardy Boys. Uh, they did the angle on Heat where uh, there'd been a bloodbath for 
Doc Hendricks and he kind of reverted to Michael Hayes teamed up with the Hardy Boys and this six man tag I thought was ace it was great I mean, the, the spear that Edge does on Jeff in this match I remember it's one of those things where it's like ah, remember it vividly it's like the fastest bump on a spear you'll ever see so good it's like ah oh, finally we've got a bit of fucking life in the undercard in this company now it's like that WCW syndrome of like you know the fucking excitement in the undercard someone you can get you know enthralled about since they took D'Lo away from us it was funny watching uh, Hayes in this like really take the lead obviously you'd expect him to take the lead anyway but like just little things like, mm. when, I can't remember who's the, who's the guy on the floor when they start the beat down afterwards and he, or it might have been during the match during actually the, the Doc pops down was it I can't remember and he um, yeah it's just like this guy his brain's thinking he's leading this it gets great it's he great. knows it you know who isn't a leader by the way Gangrel yeah, mm. talk about sticking out like a sore ass <laughs> you know what I mean not the uh, didn't have the, quite the future of most of the men in this match no in fact I think his career kind of accolades or allocades as Lex Luger used to say <laughs> uh, doesn't quite stack up to the other five so yeah I have high hopes for Gangrel this time though again you did like Gangrel I did like Gangrel <laughs> like I said the undercard was dire and meat was the alternative so give me a break <laughs> um, we have two big matches on this show however we have a Undertaker versus Rock in a casket match bit disappointing here I thought not too all that, not all that good. Triple H gets involved, puts the rock in the casket, and smashes smashes it up with a sledgehammer. Triple H, yeah, this is his moment to shine with his sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Takes off his knee pads and his elbow pads, so he looks extra sexy when he's swinging that hammer really hard. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah, this this is the useless. Most. Well, this was wouldn't have been missed. Well, well, this is the thing. This actually, I meant to mention this before. Austin's promo, he specifically mentioned Triple H and talks about how. You know, he, you know, whatever, whatever, Triple H. But it's nice to see that he's actually being a little bit, you know, cutthroat and trying to be a top guy. I was like, what the fuck is that? Why is Steve Austin saying this? And then you got him here laying out rock, and then he's in the main event, obviously, against Steve Austin. It's like, hmm. There, there there's, there's bits and pieces of, of the backstage news, and just what you see on screen, this one looks like Triple H is really fucking having his way with the way the direction's going here, this one. This whole lack of heels, he's. He's fucking taken the And he is, so to say, this is, I think this is, is this the first, this is first full cerebral assassin look with his little pants. Yeah. He had the red pants that's on right, the That's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He's got the short shorts now. Proper, short yeah, this is, he's, he's becoming, he's the unover Triple H now, rather, yeah. than, rather than the unover DX Triple H that he was before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have an, a segment with Al Snow with the one idea, Pierre. Where he's, he's teasing going crazy for the match with Bob Holly. Carl, do you remember this? Say what yes. you want. Remember? Did, the did one I did. You get it, Carl? The one I did. Pierre? Yeah. Because yeah. Pierre had yeah. one eye when Dr. Death beat the shit yeah. out of him. That was funny, wasn't it? No. <laughs> Mind you, over on the other show, they got no ideas. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm here for. Awesome. Oh, Christ. The segment with Pierre went on forever, by the way. In the main event. Oh, by the way, there's a show-long story where the corporate ministry and the union is constantly beating the shit out of each other. Sucked. Kind of like the ministry and... Uh, it was The corporation, corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just... Well, earlier in the month, probably. Yeah. This is all shit. Where's Rock and Austin? <laughs> yeah. Austin versus Triple H in the main event was the best that Triple H has looked in fucking forever because then with Steve Austin, the crowd's red hot. Imagine that. Uh, Austin was taking crazy bumps all over the place, actually, because there's that one where they go, the fighting all over there, the table, and Austin's booking oh, all around. I suppose they are mates, actually, aren't they? So that's probably why he wasn't reticent to put them mm. over in a promo a little bit. Mm, yes. Being t- I didn't realise they were so tight. A little bit of touch, but there between uh, Trips and book. Steve, yeah, that's not a big fan. The finish came when the symbol comes down, <laughs> and the match just ends. No finish, of course. Like I said, nineteen ninety nine. 
prince on the zip line comes down from the ceiling. Yeah, fucking great. Taker tries to crucify Austin. Austin flips the script, crucifies the Undertaker, and he gets raised up. Austin just gives him the finger to end the show. <laughs> exactly how I feel about this entire angle. So I empathise with you, Steve. Where you see the stark contrasting commentary between JR and Lawler. Lawler is bloody hideous. He's awful. This whereas, whereas JR is d- doing his best to try and emphasise the significance of this. All of it. The whole thing of beating up Bear and the history and how much this yeah. is gonna this is gonna piss off Undertaker and here crucifies him, he gives him a taste yeah. of his own medicine. Can you feel it, ladies and gentlemen? Can you feel it in the air? And Lawler's just coming out with his usual shtick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't a good month for Jerry. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of Raw. So we go to the ratings. Raw does a six point three to Nitro's three point four. Interesting because actually after the, the one week unopposed and the huge rating, I thought it was interesting that the numbers pretty much went back down to what they were before. No real climb there for uh, for Monday Night Raw, even no, though it's an like incredible point, number. Point two, yeah, so a which, six point three. It's, it's an increase, but but off the back of the unopposed hour and, and the shit that WCW was serving up. Yeah, let me contrast and compare here very quickly. So the first uh, Raw and Nitro of the month was a six point four to a three point one, and uh, this one here is a six point three to a three point four. So, so if anything, I'm wrong, they've, they've, they've actually, actually gone dropped. Down. Yeah. yeah, but I'll say yeah, taking. In, Maybe everyone just really loved that Roddy Piper interview. Well, it's like we've Maybe. All, the thing is, we've always said all along, and retrospectively, um, that once WCW died, that audience didn't transfer over. They just left. So I was actually more shocked. It almost it felt like oh, it wasn't exactly, but like such a high proportion of the WCW crowd seemed to go and watch WF the, the week the, month, uh, the week before. Mm. That was more shocking to me rather than just not to, rather than just turning off completely. Yeah, but, but yeah, enough of those people did sample raw. Yeah, they did. So they came back. So that's you know, given given kind of the precedents and the rules we know going forward when WCW dies, it's probably not as shocking that there was a yeah they had their own mm. a set audience which were going to go back to watch them. Yeah. Plus yeah. maybe they it's been two weeks they forgot how shit the show was. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they just missed it. There you go. They missed it. It's like part of the furniture. Uh, this maybe it, that was Stockholm syndrome. Raw, Raw tied the all-time record for a competitive quarter hour with a 7.3 for the Rock Undertaker casket match. The final quarter hour, with Raw having the beginning of Austin and Triple H, did a 7.2 quarter hour, while Nitro did a 2.5 for the end of Raven and Saturn vs. Benoit Malenko and the beginning of Kevin Nash vs. DDP. In the overrun, with the finish of Austin vs. Triple H and Nash vs. Page going head-to-head, it was a 7.8 for Raw and a 2.4 for Nitro. Again, more than tripled the number. <laughs> Kevin Nash and DDP, will you not figure it out? Just get them off. Get them off the main event. What are you doing? Thank God. Thank God Hall hasn't come back. <laughs> Considering the reputation he had for being a bit of a numbers killer back then. Yeah. Fucking hell. A 2.4 for Nash and DDP. And the whole the overall rating for the show is 3.4. And they're called a 2.4. There's a lesson there. Fuck's sake. This this really pisses me off. I don't know. This like it does this this stage, and we're probably gonna get this for the most of 1999. Yes. Where it's like, God, the direction. It's like you know, you can see it. Yeah, but Nash is Booker, and Eric's. Fly- oh, get him out of it! And Eric's fly fishing. Yeah. No one told him he couldn't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's still getting paid. <laughs> Goldberg is scheduled to undergo arthroscopic knee surgery on uh, May 25th and they are hopeful he'll be back for Bash at the Beach in July where he will wrestle against Hart since Hart should be okay by then as well. 
but that's considered only 50-50 at best at this point and may have to be pushed back until August. With Goldberg out, they're going to give strong monster pushes to Nash and Savage as the two <laughs> big stars and trying to get Nash over strong as the lead babyface. Well, hang on a minute. So, so what, what was They're going to give them monster <laughs> okay, pushes. Okay. So, okay. I don't know what this hey, no, right hang on now a minute. is. <laughs> um, so you're, you're going to give your current champion who never does any jobs. Who beat Goldberg. Who beat Goldberg. <laughs> A world big, champion a bigger push. he's going to get a monster push that's probably why he's not yeah. drawing yeah and, and what was that number again 2.4 ok that's, that's why if he's not pushed hard enough <laughs> oh crying out loud you watch them do a 2 by the end of the month Nash they wanted to get over the strong lead babyface to possibly build as something with Hogan who would come back as a heel I love that they had Flair drawing they had Goldberg drawing yeah. let's kill we, him we need someone else let's kill them let's turn him let's kill him and mm. who's left Nash and Hogan. I've got an idea, brother. Just like at the start of the year. Can you imagine how interesting that conversation would be backstage, though? The argument over who does the job. <laughs> There'd be a fly on the wall in that room. Oh, it depends how, what the ratings are like and who wants a fucking holiday, I suppose, coming up. There was a four-page ad in the USA Today on May 17th, which was largely just a photo of Kevin Nash, described even internally as a complete embarrassment, as it didn't even have the time for Nitro. Was it a Nitro advert? Or a... It was a Nitro advert. Oh, it wasn't a Just For Men advert. No, no. No, it was an advert for Nitro. They didn't say what time it was on. No. Maybe they didn't know. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. The Torch reports that the WWF sources are indicating that Vincent Mann is about to put The Rock through what could be characterised as a moderate humbling process over the next year, in part to keep him in check, but mainly to prevent burning out his character. He'll be a top star, but not pushed more than Austin. McMahon is much more intent on building other stars, specifically heels, right now. Mm, yeah. Read between the lines between The Rock Hunter Heat <laughs> yeah. starts earlier what we've seen on Raw and then that news coming out and you really can read between the lines in terms of the influence there it's not the, the phraseology it's almost like that's what Triple H said to Vince and Vince then said it's rocking everyone else you know, we're gonna, you're still going to be focused but we're not going to pu- push you we need to create more heel stars it's about the heels yes, now yes, yes Dwayne give me a year then it's all about you the WWF signed a deal for a two hour weekly Thursday night show uh. from 8 to 10pm on the UPN network starting in late August and is totally revamping the way it does its touring schedule. The plan is to cut way back on traditional house shows and the company will almost become a touring television promotion. The plan is to run traditional house shows every Saturday night and every other Sunday, with the alternate Sunday being a heat or a pay-per-view. Raw will go live every Monday and the UPN special called Smackdown will be taped every Tuesday for a Thursday showing. So, again, showing that they've learned fuck all from WCW and the mistakes they've made with Thunder. Just think how much easier it will be to get more heels over with (laughs) more exposure. More time. With more time. Think of of the saturation. What's that phrase you used? If If less less is more, more, just think how much more more will be. (laughs) I like to think that that's like tattooed on Vince Russo's ass. (laughs) Don't make me picture the O's. It's the O's, Schwenkter. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's just that's bro. <laughs> just the B and an R. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Because it sums up the piece of shit. Because it's fucking WCW in '99. 
The WWF has also expressed interest in going public, with the McMahon family hoping to raise in the neighborhood of $150 million by selling 20% of the company stock. So they get a gigantic cash payoff, but still maintain a controlling interest. Mm, something doesn't seem right about that. There has been a lot of media talk that it's going to happen, but we're told it's something being considered and would probably would not happen for a few months yet. Why are you saying that's fishy, Carl? I think that's just some kind of uh, under the table slush fund for the family. Mm, yeah, indeed. I don't know. The rapper Master P wants to get involved with pro wrestling in either WCW or the WWF. Well, they'll pay me how much? Yeah, no, <laughs> WCW have learned from their mistakes. Yeah, we, we, as we reported, they are 12 million in the hole for yeah, the year. They're cutting back. So, so they can't just throw money around. You know when you say it like that and the. the Conspiracy theory of Bischoff trying to get the severance package. Yeah. Consider the state can, of. Can we throw this into Kieran's conspiracy theory? I think corner? we should. I think we should. Stick it in the corner. Because I reckon, when you think about the fact that the money was so bad, the fact that he's he's just leaving and going fly fishing or doing whatever the Spend fuck Spend a couple doing. of months in Paris. And then blowing the money on. Again, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll get to the details obviously later in the timeline, but Master P, Dennis Robin, Kiss, Chad Brock, you know, these mega death. The Kiss Demon. I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to any of our listeners who can let me know, any of our, our listeners in the States. Loyal how, listeners. Loyal listeners. How big was Master P at this time? Because I'm, I'm, I never, I would never claim to be Not cool. Not as big as Swall, I'll tell you that much. Oh, no. I never claim to be cool or hip by any means, but normally when a celebrity is involved on wrestling, I've heard of them. <laughs> Honest to God, when they introduced Master P... Rap legend. I had no idea who the fuck it was. I've never heard of him before or not, since. Not the faintest idea. Can anyone name one of his songs? No. Maybe I'll play one at the end. What, 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 <laughs> a treat for the listeners. Can you find one? What, 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 I don't know. Was he in a group or something? No, like I think that? so. Well, yeah. maybe, I don't know. I, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm not bad with my um, hip-hop. Yeah, you my, are, my, yeah. My, my hipping and my hopping, I'm, I'm, I'm not a dying, but Even if I couldn't go into details, I could, I, you know, you'd recognise a name. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I've heard that. Name. Yeah. No, nothing. Yeah, I've just recognised him from WCW. Yeah. Mm. That's my only point of reference. I actually think I do know. I think I do know something about him. Really? What but is it? I don't know. I don't. I think I know. But you don't know. I don't know. I know. Okay. I feel again. Like I this one's one for the listeners. I feel. Mm. Bradshaw and Steve Blackman got into a fist fight at baggage claim on uh, May twenty second. Let me guess. Blackman kicked his ass. Uh, yeah. So this is. I think. <laughs> This story, I think, uh, this story is in Bob Holly's book where a drunk Bradshaw kept pushing uh, Blackman into the luggage cart thing, the luggage <laughs> rotating thing, and then Blackman turned around and like side kicked him in the face, and then he went to follow up and he tripped over his own bag. <laughs> hey, Blackman, Blackman did. Blackman did. Oh, he, got his foot, he got his foot cut in his bag and that was the end oh, of it. He could have walked away. So such a badass. I know. Where's TMZ when you need it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. However, that does bring us to May twenty third, WWF over the edge. 16,472 people sell out the building, a 1.24 buy rate, a fucking pretty great number actually. Uh, for almost, almost double the. Uh, it's more than double. Reaper. Oh, it's more than double. Slammer even 0.45. 0.4, oh, yes, sorry, yeah. yeah. 1.24 here for over the edge, 465,000 buys. Of course, there's one Ooh. thing that really is it's the only it's thing. It's the only thing. It's the only thing, and that's Owen Hart. So, uh, don't even know what to take the lead on this, but I guess your memories of what you heard the news, because I didn't see this show live as it happened. I, I heard it the next day. No, yeah, I. This was another one of those where uh, I remember my my mom walked into the room to to wake me up for school. Yeah, the, the archetypal get up. No, I don't want to get up. Yeah. You're gonna miss the bus. Nah. 
Oh, you better check this on the news, Owen Hartstein. Huh? What? Right. A cruel way to get you a... Did you always say that? Or was it just <laughs> and this time it just happened yeah. to be right. Jesus. Yeah, always single that poor Owen. No, but um, below it was it was the news bulletin on GMTV at the time. Yeah, uh, uh, with, with with just a shot of of the crowd there. That was all they chose. It was a, I think it was a, a still of Owen, and then a shot of of the crowd, presumably from the pay per view. But that was that was my first memory of it because I, I, I actually didn't see the pay per view until years later. I just want to tie in very quickly. I wasn't going to, we never read feedback on the timeline shows because obviously we've got so much to get through. But Stephen James Sutton did write, still remembering waking up that Monday, my mom turning on my TV to GMTV and seeing Penny Smith announcing yeah. that Owen had died. Yeah, so it's like there, tie that in. But it's the only thing from from the show that's of, of, of real relevance, real significance, and it's it's an it's a, an interesting one in the sense of you have. What, we, we've sort of mentioned before a bit about the sort of almost the, the body count, if you like, from the, the fast living and all that sort of thing. But Owens, it's empty. Owens is just completely different because this is, you know, this, this isn't like you can point to Rick Rude dying of a heart attack and you can sort of, you know, he's, he did abuse his body to an extent and, and all these names that you, that we sort of touched upon before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Spicoli's, the Spicoli, Pillman's. Pillman, you know, all, all had their. Demons, as they like to say in wrestling, real bullshit term. But, but, sort of the sad thing about Owens is just how avoidable it all is. Just needless how, fucking thing how in the world. How completely unnecessary it is. How it wouldn't have mattered if they'd never attempted that skit. It wouldn't have mattered if they'd have done it. I wonder whose idea that was. Was it Russo? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't mean this in a normal Russo bashing. I, but I, seriously, that got whoever. I would imagine. He's the head writer. Yeah. He's, he's on dealing with the undercard fair, stuff. Okay, it's shit, but that sucks for him too. I'll give him that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not, he he didn't set up the rig. No, he didn't. He doesn't think that the rig's going to break. Still, that's but. still with him. So on this one, I'm going to. I was going to say because I, I remember there was a, a I think Austin asked about that on his podcast, and to hear Russo's like voice breaking up about it, it's like oh he you can just tell he does feel quite guilty yeah. about that. That's no. So I, I generally, that is shit. Generally mean that. It's, yeah. that, that sucks. That's you know. yeah. No, I, I, by no means do I want to sort of do the old pointing thing and this is all your fault type of thing but it, it's just but you're right it's, it's, it's just that hindsight thing that it's just, that it's just so easily avoidable you just sit there and go not to sort of sing like you say not to sing that Russo oh it's terrible Russo sort of stuff as, as you'd expect and something like this was bad to happen it's just one of those where you sit there and did anyone just really think you know, something like that for the sort of payoff you get just isn't necessary it doesn't add anything you just I don't know. It's just, it, it's just the unnecessary nature of it all is, is something it's pretty you, overwhelming. You really never lose sight of when it comes to this. Now, Kieran, have you ever actually seen this whole show? Because on the network, Ooh. obviously, the Owen-related stuff is all is all cut out. I think it's been years. I can't not not from the top of my head. It's not from memory. I was going to say, I I think if you had seen that part, it'd probably stick with you. Cause it's quite that the ebb and flow of what goes on where they announce that coming up next is Godfather versus Owen Hart and they, they play the video mm. which is when it happened and, and the back the backstage uh, earlier in the night promo and the, yeah they, they, co- they come back and that's when Jim Ross is like uh, so this match is coming up next I'm going to throw to an interview with the Blue Blazer and we've got big problems out here and then it just cuts to the Owen promo and then it comes back and the, the, the shot's on the crowd and they just stay on the crowd in various different which are like all standing up and all dead silent just like looking at this whatever the fuck's going on in the ring Lawler's bolted out he immediately bolted out and jumped in the ring to try and help 
and uh, yeah, fucking hell. It's just, and then obviously it's it's eventually you know that Jim Ross is just kind of basically, and this is it's one of those things where it's kind of like the ominous, famous line when Jim Ross is like, I don't know how else to say it. This isn't a wrestling angle. This is real life, and it's 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 fucking horrible. It's the most I can't even imagine. It's so the fucked up net seeing that live, yeah, um, as a crowd or. No, obviously worse for the guys who knew him, and you know you do that. They do that every fucking week, multiple times, a couple times a week, and like you, no, I just can't even comprehend what goes through your head seeing that. Mm. Well, it's it's the, not not that I'm suggesting this is important really in any way in the grand scheme, but it's it's surreal to see the rest of the show as well. Mm. Obviously, there, there is there is that debate which we'll come to. Should, should it carry? Should it have carried on? What do you Shouldn't think? It sort of think? What do you think? It's an easy no for me. <laughs> it's, no, it, no, it, it, it is an easy no. But can I hand on heart honestly say that if I'm Vince, that's the that's what I did, or do I sit there and cancel the show? It, it, I, w- I would like to think that's what I would do, and I, and I can say it sitting here with, with no impact on me whatsoever in any in any form. But if I'm Vince, would I? have come to the same conclusion I think I just think it would be disingenuous of me to say oh yeah if I'm Vince I cancel the show yeah. straight away I, 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 I don't know what I, I would yeah do. that's why I, I, I get the argument but I don't see in good conscience it's happening in real time the fucking world is still spinning and you don't even okay did they know he was dead at the time or they knew he was dead as soon as he was behind the curtain yeah, that's why you see um uh, to use Taker as an example, he's waiting in the ring for Austin and he's crying. They 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 cut to they they cut from this to, to you know hey the show must go on so the next match is Jeff Jarrett and fucking Deborah against Nicole Bass and Val Venus and all my children has nothing on this. It's like yeah yeah and then they yeah they they do and then they cut to the Jarrett promo with Deborah and Deborah's crying her eyes out during the promo and Jarrett's just like first of all Owen I'm praying for you buddy and it's just like they knowing you. How can you? Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, right, it's a tough one. You know. Right before the whole thing, you know, before they do cut away, and Lawler finally returns to the commentary table, and there's that that horrible moment where Jim, Jim Ross is talking about how, yeah, we're here to have fun, have a good time, and entertain. This is neither, and Lawler just very quietly just says, "No, it doesn't look good at all," and it's like, fucking it, you know. I will say, when something like this happens, it's so completely unexpected. I always think there's probably that 24 hour period where yeah. you don't know what the fuck's going on. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's such a shock to the system. It's so jarring that you probably. We're no, no live pay per views on the air. Something half an hour has passed before you've even fucking taken a breath. No, yeah. no, no one's thinking Russian at that stage, which is why I say you know, I'd like to think if it was me, I would have cancelled the show, but maybe I would not. In the fact, if, if it was a day, like, the day before. And you got the day pay per view coming up or something. Then, well, we know they carry on the show there. Yeah, they would. Yeah, because yeah. they, they yeah, yeah, say. Fair enough. But and you, happening in that nature on the show, I just, mm. it's, it's such a hard. You can't. There's human element involved. It's the same. Half an hour has passed before you've even taken a breath. So you've got to keep things t- ticking over. Then anyway, you know. Before then, you got half the show's nearly over. But yeah, it's fucked up in, in the real world. How can you? Let's actually let's get to the timeline of what happens on the rest of the show here. So while JR's doing the voiceover, talking to the people about what, you know, kind of what's happened, Vincent Mann was setting up a scene where he'd be on a stretcher and be begrudgingly taken to the hospital in an ambulance. The man was put in the ambulance while uh, Patson and Briscoe did their comedy routine and drove away. Just as it was pulling out and after the scene was cut, Bruce Pritchard screamed that the ambulance needed to come back. 
Even though doing a mock angle where a man would be taken out on an ambulance after Hart had just died would be in the worst possible taste, it was also in the script. And apparently nothing, certainly not good taste, and apparently not even death, was going to make them alleviate key points in the show. After a short match with Jarrett at 8.01pm Central Time, they inserted the pre-taped feature of Vince going out in the ambulance. Hart was rushed to the Truman Memorial Hospital where he was technically confirmed as dead on arrival. Ross announced Owen is dead. They went right to a pre-produced video package of the Hunter vs. Rock feud showing Rock being put in a casket and Hunter smashing it with a sledgehammer from Raw. Uh, And later showing the Rock coming out backstage from the casket covered in blood. Titan claimed it didn't announce the death for nearly an hour when they knew it had happened because they wanted to, to get through to all the family members. However, Bruce Hart said that it wasn't until two hours after the completion of the show that anyone from the WWF called Stu, and that was Cole DeMarco, the president of WWF Canada. Martha was called by the WWF almost immediately after it happened. Bruce said he told off DeMarco, saying that Vince should have had the guts to call him himself. Vince did, 90 minutes later. Bruce said in his conversation and their voice tone was talking about the WWF being their extended family. Uh, this is what Vince said to the hearts. <laughs> uh, they were the extended family and it insulted him even more because it sounded like he was doing a promo for wrestling marks. Um, obviously the WWF gets brutalised in the media far worse than any period in its history over the next few days by people shocked at what was perceived as a callous disregard for human life by continuing the show. Uh, it's a tough one. Yeah. Wrestling is now mainstream, and wrestling has had its first front-page super headline tragedy. A news story that was 20 times bigger than Jesse Ventura being elected governor of Minnesota. There was unprecedented news coverage to any event in the history of pro wrestling to this story. For the first time in history, a pro wrestling event was the biggest item of conversation on sports talk shows. People wanted answers as to what happened, and more importantly, why. So, there you go. Oh, and The Undertaker won the draft title, by the way. If anyone oh. gives a fuck about that. Which explains why Taker beat up Paul Bearer and, uh, and crucified Taker, I suppose, on the last Raw, because Taker was going to win. But Austin, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, yeah, Austin loses the belt to Undertaker. Not that anyone gives a fuck about that. But yeah, so. Whew. There you go. I just remember hearing the news, it was like on the school bus, and someone, because you know how this, these stories like this go at the time, with, with me not having the internet. It's someone saying, Owen Hart fell off the top of a 50 foot cage and died. And I'm like, what? <laughs> There was no cage. There was no the cage, and if there was, it wouldn't be fifty foot in the air. This makes no sense. And then I heard, and then I just remember like vividly because I got there really early, walking up the hall, and just thinking to myself like, "What if this is true? What? Well, yeah, just trying to comprehend what has actually happened." And as soon as I walked into our form room, everybody there just went whoosh, and looked at me and was like, "Hasn't Owen Hart died or something like that?" And I guess they were arguing about it as I came in. It's like. I don't know. I don't know if I'm not dying. What the fuck's going on? And then, yeah, obviously you find out and obviously throughout the, throughout the course of the day, it's like you hear every conceivable possible thing that could have happened that involved him just falling from a great height and stuff like that. But yeah, again, it just seems, it was just so jarring and so fucking weird that I couldn't even comprehend it for a couple of days. Honestly, that, that's the only, only um, bit of leeway or I'd give them because it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, you've got talent going and they're fucking bawling their eyes out. It says it, and they they know, so it says it itself. But that that just that discombobulation, mm. and like it's a fluid times going on, and yeah, it's shit. And hey, yeah, and all all logic says you can't send guys out. You shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's just just fucked up. It's a fucked up situation. It's a fucked up situation. That's what it is. Yeah. So, and I hate to say it this way, but does it matter? 
the, the, the important thing. Yeah, exactly. The absolutely. important thing yeah, is yeah, is, right. is what's happened. And no, no, to no, be honest, nothing, nothing changes. Exactly. It's like happens. I hate to, I hate to even fucking. That's the truth of it. It's like it doesn't bring him back. Unfortunately, they have they have the, the tragedy's happened. The, the tragedy yeah. is not that the paper, no. the wrestling paper, no. even though I would have done it. But yeah, does it, but it, you you can look at it in sense of, and like I said, I, I don't want this to sound as if I'm justifying what what they did carrying on the show, but. Does anybody re- does anybody feel any better if they haven't gone out and done the match? No, they feel they'll, they'll they I, I said they feel just as shitty regardless because what's happened has happened. I probably I'd probably back. been more worried about these guys as getting hurt or something like that by not being have their, having their fucking head in the game. That's mm. true. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's that would have been one of my. But again, but you're not even again, that then again, here at the moment, who knows if I'm even yeah, that's the last. No, I, I, I just mean them as individuals. Are they gonna? Are they gonna really feel any worse for having having wrestled afterwards? Probably not now, because no, nothing can make them feel as bad as they already do. I would imagine. So we move, of course, now to the next night. Twenty-four hours after the death of Owen Hart, they do Raw is War uh, and dedicate the entire thing to Owen. So uh, I guess Raw is Owen is what this this show is kind of ended up becoming known as. Nothing on this show has any kind of storyline relevance. The matches don't really mean anything. It's a bunch of short, quick matches with mostly clean finishes. Uh, you have the interspersed backstage promos. This is the first of what would become the WF's way of dealing with deaths on the roster. Uh, and a lot more of a fucking... Certainly a better presentation than the one they did for Pillman. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. You get the 10 belt at the start. You get the, the moments interspersed. Everybody's thoughts on this show. I'm not going to go through the matches because they're irrelevant. But, you know... Just general thoughts on the show. Is it is it far too cynical of me to suggest that had the WWF been in the position at that point that they found themselves in in '97 when Pillman died? How can I put this? Would would they have felt comfortable doing a tribute show? In in the context of, and I, I, it's it's a terribly negative way to look, but in the context of a war oh, in you which you're that. losing, you know, if the role if the role would was, they sacrifice the time? Would they sacrifice? Yeah, basically, that's right. my roundabout way of saying would they have sacrificed the time? Well, look at now, the way they argue, dealt with that one, though. You know, you, you you could argue the context is very it's very different between someone dying in their hotel room. And someone dying at the show from a stunt gone gone bad. I I, I accept that it's, it's it's not exactly an apples to apples comparison, but part of me does sort of cynically wonder if, if they were losing the the quote unquote war at that point, if they would have just continued the mantra of the show must go on. I don't. Th- I think the nature of this one in the, it happening in the ring on the pay per view the night before. Had it. It's different. Yeah, I think it's different. Um, plus the, the, the PR that the mainstream media I, for it. I, I that's feel the thing that's the thing yeah that's, and that's kind of what I wanted to get your feedback on whether you watched it to prepare for this show or when you watched it at the time or whatever or obviously you, you've seen clips and highlights I'm sure over the years but it's one of those things where at the time I remember thinking it was just very odd obviously and yeah str- strange just kind a of very weird show and it came off positive in a sense and I don't know again maybe it's just you know being older or whatever or looking at this with, with hindsight not living in the moment maybe is, is skewed this I th- I didn't like this very much watching it back it really felt like damage control oh, I'm, I'm sure again cynical I'm sure part of it was 
but it does seem I don't know I just, again uh, and maybe it's because I, I looked at some of the guys and I was just like god you just seem like Triple H he's doing the, the heartfelt promo and the tears and this and that it's like I'm not going to say that this guy's not sad I don't know how much how, how much he cares about Owen Hart and, or not but you know it's like really raw for the, the guys shock, and it's, yeah, the it's, shock and all of it all and obviously you, you see uh, Foley starts to break down towards the end of his speech mm. Jarrett Jarrett just got can can't, keep, can't keep himself together Mark at all. Henry's in tears yeah it's just I like Mark it's, Henry it, even, even, even years later it's still very unsettling to watch yeah I think that's what maybe it's just that it's the unsettling nature of the whole thing but like yeah I don't know it's just that I don't want to say it wasn't sincere because I'm sure there, there was plenty of people that were completely oh, sincere oh, oh absolutely I'm pretty sure none of them were happy he was dead oh yeah obviously I'm of course. pretty sure everyone was unhappy <laughs> obviously. and was sad it happened yeah um, I'm not trying to say but that but then the flip side is again yeah but you're also put in that position and your fucking mind is not in a position to even comprehend what to say yeah. and you've got to do something and you're a prof- say, I'm defending Triple H mate. you're a professional performer that's what you do you, f- you slip into something and it's maybe the cadence mm-hmm. because it's a work and he might have been fucking destroyed on the inside but his outward projection of how he presents information when he talks his cadence his inflection that's, that's his style and that's, that's him yeah. that's how you're going to do it and I know you know that, you oh, know yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah. all know that well, if you're, you're performing something as a performer you've got a character you jump into and it's different and that's the crutches you go to so I I just think it's really hard to point the blame oh yeah there's no, I'm not saying it's yeah. to blame anyone yeah, yeah. just in general it's like just it fucking sucks as you said before would anything make this right no, no. There, you, you get the sense that like what are they supposed to do exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there pretend no, it never happened to the storyline yeah, there is no there is no right way out. The, the, the right way out of this was for it to have never happened exactly once it's happened once you're it's, here once it's happened there is no there is no good solution to it someone somewhere will be offended or upset in some way and one of them was Bruce Hart, who said, I was even more furious after watching that sanctimonious crap on television. Uh, he did say that he thought Mick Foley and Jeff Jarrett were completely sincere, and some others were, but others weren't at all. Vince was trying to absolve his own conscience, and I thought it was a fucking travesty, said Bruce. I felt it was heartfelt from some of the wrestlers. I thought they had the show. With, I, I thought the fact that they had the show at all was tasteless. But again, what are you going to do? It's Sorry, but is anything going to make Bruce no. Hart happy? No. 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 The only other thing the company could have possibly done would just be to air uh, sort of a, a video tribute, if you like, in the sense of a, a, a quickly put together sort of best of Owen Hart, maybe. Yeah, but and then, but, I remember Foley made the argument. I actually thought this was quite good. Where most of his matches are him as a heel, where the, the announcers are probably burying him. Yeah. So it's like, what do you, you can't really even do that either because all this stuff is like that little shit Owen, you know? Uh, yeah, and you and you you probably don't want to use the fans any, booing him wildly. You, you don't want to you don't want to use that stuff. You don't want to use anything from the blue blazer or the late eighties. Either, that so probably it's... would have been in poor taste. So yeah, that's that's Raw as Owen. I mean, yeah, it was what it was. Yeah, what can you say? It was it was. And we'll come to it. We'll come. To, there's more. To this is why I think a little bit more cynically about it, perhaps. But we moved now to Nitro, May 24th. Uh, this show wasn't up to much. Ten bell salute for Owen. They did acknowledge it. Benoit's wearing the black armband on his arm as well. Weird show. This good as a promo with two black eyes, claiming that Randy Savage did it, and gets in the line about Savage being afraid of new talent. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Flair is backstage with El Dandy calling him the future of the cruiserweights. Uh, who and the jam up guy. <laughs> who are you to doubt that? <laughs> <laughs> Hypnosis is in next. Yes. 
He, Flair wants him to lay down for David. Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker comes in, pissed off that Flair didn't uh, deliver on what was promised last week. He is not an executive after being promised it by Flair. Of course not, he's a heel. He's the nature boy. Rick said, he got him a gym membership, what more do you want? <laughs> hey, it's Gold's gym. Hey. Yeah, there you go. Woo! <laughs> See me styling and profiling. Buff does a promo saying the old guard feels threatened. Oh my god. Noticing a pattern? Is Russo there already? Nope, not yet. Probably, like he's it. probably supplying crib sheets. Feels like it. We get another big video baby-facing Eric Bischoff. Basically talking about everything he's done since 1992. Starting the Monday Night War. Bringing in people like Hogan and Nash and Hall. I thought those were Mike Graham ideas. He wasn't there to put this video together, unfortunately, Carl. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Fucking <laughs> Mike Graham. I'll give him the time of day on this podcast, Carl. So anyway... Again, more just surreal, trying to babyface Bischoff to the WCW audience. I'm not sure what the point of this was. This actually didn't go anywhere in the end. No. Well, he went somewhere, but uh, <laughs> yeah, back to Wyoming, I guess. So there's there's no there's no backstory on what the idea was behind these. No. Bear in mind that the last time that before these started, or, or before Bischoff's return at Slambury, unless I'm mistaken, the last time you see Bischoff is the day after Spring Stampede. Him going with Hogan to the doctors where they tell him he's going to get the knee surgery. There is, I can't remember, is it March or April? When, when they do the Yagger with Brett and Goldberg with the steel plate. Bischoff runs that's, out that's at the be, end. That's before Spring Stampede. That's March, isn't it? Isn't it? I think it's from, yeah. That's March. And you have Spring Stampede where, where Hogan does the, 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 do the figure four around the ring yeah. post. Then you see him the next night on, or not even on Nigel, you see him in the pre tape. Yeah. Where they're getting out of the car and going. Walking to the, to the hospital. Walking to the hospital. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then I don't think you see him again. We get a cruiserweight battle royal that ends with Hugh Morris coming in to eliminate everybody and beating the fuck out of all of them. Hugh Morris, better than the cruiserweights, beats up Billy Kibben, but Rey Mysterio makes the save. Cool. Hugh Morris, it's where it's at. So what was he doing at this point? Fuck all. Okay. He was just coming in to get over and beat up some losers. We haven't, we haven't mentioned him for about two years. Yeah, if that. I'm not sure we've mentioned him once in this timeline, have we? Uh, Goldberg's first win. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, well, that was probably... Hey, that's hey, the one. Hey, that's the one. But <laughs> for anybody who was next, you were first. <laughs> a great line. That a boy, US champ. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. Roddy Piper does a promo on Randy Savage. The girls come out. Flair comes out to get beaten up because he's Ric Flair. DDP and Bigelow come in to lay out Roddy Piper and say that Ric Flair now owes him DDP. They ask for a tag team title match at the pay-per-view against Raven and Saturn and Canyon. Um, Flair agrees to this, pretty much kicking out Benoit Malenko from his horseman comrades uh, from the match that was planned. Wait wait a minute, the horsemen are still a thing at this point? They're still a thing. They're there. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Benoit and Malenko are positively pissed as a result of this. Uh, They do a promo talking about how Again, very inside bullshit about you know the dangling carrot and all this type of stuff. Guys, they say brass ring. Yes, the guys, yes, the guys who monopolize the top spots. Not yet. Not no, yet. September. That's later. Malenko said you have to show that you're over forty-five on your driver's license to get a push in WCW. Boom. What does push mean? Don't know. And isn't Malenko like forty-two? <laughs> A fucking horrible angle I've written down here with the Steiners beating up Buff Bagwell. They're about to break his neck over the bottom rope. I know it sounds good so far. <laughs> a monster truck comes in. Sting is driving, but the mask falls off and it's revealed it's actually Lex Luger in a Sting mask. The Steiners are baffled, turn around, and Sting is in the ring with a baseball bat, just stalking them. Go to a break, we come back, they're never seen again, and we don't know what the fuck happened. 
Who knows? <laughs> Bitch, you'd be tripping. Hogan returned on crutches and said Nash won the belt for the NWO. Oh, so they are together still? Apparently so. Excellent. That answers that question from earlier. Calls himself the master of politics and says that no one plays... Does that the... make him Master P? <laughs> and no one plays the game better than the wood. What? <laughs> what? What game? When he comes back, he's going to change the business. Why is he talking about politics? He never ran for president in the end. Yeah, I don't know. None of this means anything to anybody. It does to the people who are losing their minds every week. As they, as they, as they can't turn the ship around, they realise they're fucked. You know, like how on indie shows where the stories are most over with the guys themselves. Naturally. Yeah, I am aware of this. Naturally. Yeah. Of course. Um, but it means more to the guys than it does to the people. Do you think in the WCW like, canteen... Like these stories made perfect sense when, I bet they when, did. They, when they're sitting around shooting the shit. I bet they thought this shit was great. Yeah, this is gonna be fu- this is gonna fucking turn the business We're around. Through the looking glass, people. <laughs> We're breaking the fourth wall. Let's <sighs> put on expenses. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone seen Ted's credit card? Yeah. <laughs> Nash is out. The girls come out to distract him. Savage attacks him and puts lipstick on his face. Again, it, it was great. Benoit and Malenko turned babyface uh, against the heel Vic Flair and did a six-man tag teaming with Roddy Piper against Flair, Page and Bam Bam Bigelow which ended with outside interference no contest when Saturn and Raven attacked Page and Bigelow Page and Bigelow attacked them at the start of the show it all comes full circle this is your main theme of the show this week is uh, the dissolution I suppose of the four horsemen who would never reform again this is it this is the end I think just, just, just done as a, a backdrop to another angle yeah just as a throwaway lovely but apparently the NWO still exists wow. in wow, some wow. form or fashion. The black and white is still around at this mm. point too. They're still kind of fighting for relevance. Losing the battle, but... <laughs> Raw is Owen. Did the highest competitive rating in the history of the war. A 7.1 for Raw to Nitro's 3.8. So Nitro's up as well, obviously indicating that wrestling in general is getting a, uh, a lot of people watching 24 oh, hours after the news. I can say, dare I say, unfortunately, there's an element of shock value there. Oh, of course, there's tuning to the big people story. People are tuning in to see how how they how they respond to well, it. Well, not even that. These early days of the internet, or earlier days of the internet, as you say, what got, the fuck happened? Going to school, no one has a fucking clue what's going. On, what's the truth? All these yeah. rumors going around. So if people, we were over here and yeah. war was on that night, I've been I've been I've yeah. been watching. More Americans watch wrestling this night than any time since the days of the Saturday night's main event shows on NBC. WCW spent literally tons of money on TV ads to air in most markets early in the Raw show to plug that Hogan is returning on Nitro. With all the advertising, the Hogan segment only did a 3.7 quarter, which wasn't even the highest of the night. Money well spent, boys. It's okay. He's, in, he's on the 10 golden list. Yeah. It's really just to mention the Saturday night's main event there. I find it quite surprising in retrospect that given the strength of the numbers that Raw was doing and that SmackDown were going to, that they never tried to do Saturday night's main event during this time period. Well, those NBC deals, Carl, they're, yeah. not, they're not too easy to get. Yeah. If they're real. When you think about it, I'm surprised they didn't call it ever sold in. They decided to bring it back in 2006. Which, when things were kind it's of. It's not exactly a boom period. No, not at all. Yeah. So you're just so curious what tells me that's more from NBC's side than theirs it might have been the stigma of wrestling at the time they just didn't want it on it, right, it, it still had this it's very much seen as the sleaze element wasn't it very much so <laughs> very much so <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come to the sleaze uh, on the next episode of Raw I think because uh, they're back in full back in full swing next week so there was considerable legit heat wink 
between Bischoff and a lot of the wrestlers for legit deviating from the script on Monday in promos where they openly not the direction of the company and holding the young guys back. In particular, Disco Inferno, Buff Bagwell, Hugh Morris, and Dean Malenko. Bischoff and Malenko had a heated confrontation with Dr. Evil air quotes for the line about the driver's license. I believe the Malenko comments and Bischoff yelling at him may not have been a shoot, says Dave yeah, Meltzer. Yeah, I was about to say, that's fucking bullshit. I'm not buying it. <laughs> not for a second. Hogan came back and suggested doing an old versus new angle, largely because he wants to shoot on new guys about never drawing any money. <laughs> Just shoot on new guys. Yeah. So, that's great. Well, Good to see that Terry's got his priorities right. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's been away. He's been thinking of this promo. It's going to be gold. Yeah. <laughs> that flea market line. That's where we thought of it. Yes. Vince McMahon informed all the wrestlers that the company was going to fly them, and in many cases their spouses, uh, to Calgary for Owen Hart's funeral on May 31st. It was a sharp contrast to the funeral of Brian Pillman, at which not one WWF wrestler or administrator attended, even though it was an off date in the schedule. We'll come to it, but this it, it, it feels more and more sleazy the more time passes on this, unfortunately. Charles Robinson was hospitalised again later this week when his lung collapsed to 40%, thanks to Randy Savage's elbow drop. Steve McMichael's currently in rehab. Breaking news. Didn't realize he'd gone. <laughs> I did. I don't like Mongo at all. No. I hate Mongo's probably one of my least liked wrestlers of all time. Really? Bottom five. Went, it's, off, went off the rails after doing too many rails. <laughs> you love these rails, don't you, Carl Mongo? Hey, it was an Arn Anderson line, so it's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Van Hammer. On, on, on Nitro, the Van guy isn't ha- getting pushed. Van Hammer is worse than, than Van Mongo. Hammer, Mongo, Hugh Morris. I, I, I actually don't. Brian Nobbs, who is like, all over these shows doing the hardcore stuff. There's a lot time. of shit, guys. It's just with Mongo, it's the fact it, it, it getting put in the horseman. It just rubbed me the wrong way from the start. Mm. Even so. His Matt, ponytail really fucking. To works. me, <laughs> this is how little I think of Van Hammer. They are worlds apart. <laughs> you think so? I really. You know, watch that match with Brian Adams at Road Wild. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just talk, I'm talking. General, I'm not talking specifically about you know, bell to bell because they're both fucking hideous. Mongo did have a charm. Least, that's at right. Least, but at least, at least Mongo <laughs> has funny. at least Mongo has some sense of personality. No, bumbling as it is. I'm not, yes, I'm not having that. Um, <laughs> the only redeeming factor is that within football circles, he's a name yeah. that fits. That that Flair is schmoozing with uh, a, a football, a star. Super Bowl, yeah, uh, Super winner. Bowl winner. Part of the 85 but, Bears, the but, lineage yeah. champions. Yeah. How did they draw Mania 2 again? Exactly. It's not <laughs> like he's got fucking Brady in his in his crew now. It's Mongo McMichael. Yeah. Look at the guy. Look at the ponytail. I'm not having it. Yeah. yeah. Having Look it. at the Mo- dog. Mongo didn't need to deflate his balls. Hey, <laughs> lay off Tom. Oh, yeah. Terrific Tom. Perfect Tom. Pissant Tom. <laughs> Calm Piss down. Patriot. Calm down. Calm down, man. Their owner, their owner bought Cadbury's. I'm not happy still. Yeah, well, fair enough. There hasn't been any talk in recent weeks about wrestlers being paid extra to do house shows, which was an initiative that WCW were going to come up with since we kept no-showing them all the time. We're not paying these guys enough. But they are going to send DJ Ran and some of the Nitro <gasps> girls to the house shows, feeling it will help attendance. Are they sending Ricky? I don't know. His name was uh, conspicuous by its absence there, I thought. Yeah. Unless the Nitro girls are going there to put out, I don't think it's going to help. I'm sure they always put out wherever they went, to be honest. Don't be so cynical, Kira. Just was it wasn't one of them Mysterio's road wife? Spice. There you go. Yeah. Chris Jer- and the other one, uh, Fire was uh, Scotty Riggs. They, yeah, they, I'm sure they got around. Riggs. This <laughs> <laughs> ain't generally offended by that. Riggs. If she, if she wanted to go there, any of us could have had a crack. 
Che was Kevin Nash's wife, isn't it? Huh? It's not his wife. No, Che was just Nash's bit on the side. Oh, right. Remember the line on Nash about how he was, was going to go home and eat a little Korean? <laughs> <laughs> I love Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of office ribs, Chris Jericho was flown in for the May 27th episode of WCW Thunder, but wasn't used. Jericho was under the impression he was invited so he could discuss con- his contract status with Eric Bischoff. Bischoff, however, didn't attend the show. Management asked Jericho how he was recovering from his ankle injury. Jericho felt he was the butt of a management joke, but called their bluff and didn't show a single sign of frustration. Sources say he will leave for the WWF and that the only part of this decision has been uh, leaving some of his close friends behind. Uh, those friends have made the decision easier for him by insisting he go. So, there you go. There you go, let's find Jericho in. For, God's sake, with him a little for bit. God's sake, save yourself. Yeah. The next day, May 28th, 1999, Kevin Wackles, Nails, is fired from WCW. He was employed for two years and earned... Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars during his stay. Not that. Okay. Two hundred fifty grand over two years. Not you one appearance. Made, never, I was saying never, never used. Never used, Carl. Never used. Have we got? Have we got a uh, an updated number now on the losses for the year yet? Well, we'll, we'll do this uh, on each timeline from going going forward. Okay. I think it might be a recurring theme. It's more okay. relevant than the numbers than the uh, ratings at this point. So. The death of Owen Hart has turned into a political game with everyone reacting, sadly, almost too predictably. The media has crucified pro wrestling for things almost totally unrelated to Owen's death, largely the direction that the business has taken, using Hart's death as the catalyst to make the stories relevant during a period where wrestling is not only just a cute news story everyone wants to jump on because of its TV ratings, but a huge news story because of a sensational incident. The WWF has largely been quiet because of the potential liability issues. WCW actually issued a memo to its wrestlers that no one in the company except for Gene Oakland or Jimmy Hart those two bastions of truth <laughs> none of them are allowed to discuss the, none of them are allowed to discuss the issue to anyone 1900 <laughs> uh, the WF wrestlers were also told the same thing Owen Hart's funeral took place on May 31st, which is the front page news story in both Calgary newspapers, uh, saw both the Alberta Premier Ralph Klein and Calgary Mayor Al Durr attend, along with current and former wrestlers from around North America. Various press estimates were that there were between 1,500 and 3,000 people attending the most publicised wrestling funeral in North America of the modern era. The WWF had most of its wrestlers and much of its front office in attendance as the company footed the bill for wrestlers and their spouses and office people to attend, along with uh, many of the trappings regarding the funeral itself. The company rented three buses, painted up saying we love you Owen and we miss you Owen, to transport them to the funeral grounds. Vince McMahon was at the funeral at the request of Martha and did at one point speak to Bret Hart in person for the first time since Montreal. Earl Hebner did not attend because, according to Brother Dave, he didn't want to make anyone in the family uncomfortable. Plus, they probably didn't offer him any money. <laughs> McMahon at one point had a limo come to uh, had his limo 
come to Stu's house and had someone give the message that he was there outside if Stu wanted to talk to him, but if he didn't, he would understand. Stu jumped up immediately and moved quickly to talk to Vince in the limo. Brett and Martha Hart, just hours after the funeral, were on CNN with Larry King. Both complained about the direction wrestling was taken and how Owen was against it. Martha said Owen had two years left on his contract plus an option year, and that after the two years he was planning on slowing down his schedule. Both were highly complimentary of the Kansas City Police, and there was an implied threat of a huge lawsuit coming the WWF's way. Britt was also very complimentary of Eric Bischoff. Bischoff, when hearing about the news, made sure to meet Bret Hart's plane at the airport. Bret had gotten a message while he was on a plane about an emergency as his agent had gotten word to the pilot, but nobody could contact Bret while on the airplane. The pilot passed Bret a note that there was an emergency and to call his agent. He kept trying to call on airplane phones in a panic. One phone after another didn't work which made things more frantic. When he finally got through, he got an answering machine message. He was going from seat to seat on the plane trying to find anybody's phone that would work, and when he finally got through to someone, that person hadn't seen the show and gave him the message that Owen had died in a match in Edmonton and Martha was in the front row watching. Again, this is more of the uh, Chinese whispers of stories like this. Finally, Brett got hold of Carl DeMarco, his former manager who is now head of Canada, uh, WF Canada. He told him it was in Kansas City, Martha wasn't watching. Uh, Bischoff met him and had already set up a chartered flight at the company's expense to immediately fly Brett back home to Calgary. Bischoff told Hart he could have as much time off as he needed to get his head straight. So uh, that's Bischoff's reaction to the whole thing. Poor Brett, by the way, finding out, fucking not knowing what's going yeah. on. As the week went on, most of the media reports as to why he fell had to do with the release button being pushed, either by heart in a panic or because somehow his blue blazer costume hit it by accident. Nobody knows and probably will ever know. The reason there was such a button was not only because they didn't have the safety hook that Sting and most rock stars use when they come from the ceiling at the show, but also because the idea was for him to push the button when he was a few feet from the ground and do a pratfall on his face in the ring. He was released early, uh, but he was supposed to be released in mid-air, which is why it was much more of a high-risk stunt than first believed. I think one of the ludicrous things to me there, though, as ludicrous as it all is, is the idea that he was supposed to release himself while se suspended several feet in the air. Yeah. The he still died. The original idea was that he was going to be carrying a midget between his legs on the way down, dressed in a blue blazer costume from mascot. That would have been funny. Seriously, though. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you say, though, to something like this? You know, like these ideas. Again, that, thankfully, that got nixed. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's the conception of the idea. How do they come up with this? You don't just think, or do you? Do you think this is what we want to do? How do no, we make it fucking happen? great. Let's do it. Or do you have this is the, these are the, the apparatus that does this task? Oh, I've got an idea how we can use it. Is, is it I think it was probably asked backwards. Yeah, of course it was. In which case, that's fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other news. Again, from s just from a few feet in the air, he could still have died. The intent, the, the outcome that was intended, even if they'd done that, he still could have died. Yeah. Ridiculous. So he's going to come all the way down and then take a bump from about six feet, like an idiot. Six feet? You land wrong, you're dead. Yeah. Jesus. Moving on to some uh, other news. A lighter note for you, Carl, I'm sure. Oh, go on. On the meeting with Titan and Shane Douglas, the WWF made an offer and wanted him to take a complete physical and a drug test because a lot of people advised them that he was damaged goods. His agent came back with a demand in the $350,000 per year range and the WWF pulled their offer completely. I'd have been curious to know what their offer was. Just how big was the gap? Not on target. I don't think Shane Douglas. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's never passing a drugs test. Not at this stage. 
Uh, we are back head-to-head May 31st, obviously, the uh, final Royal Nitro we're going to be talking about on this episode. Uh, this Royal was actually taped two days after Owen's death. This is a May 25th tape aired on May 31st. Raw opens with a confrontation leading to both an Undertaker versus Vince and an Undertaker versus Austin matches, the latter of which will be a title match during the show. If Vince couldn't beat The Undertaker, then Austin would never get another title shot, is the stipulation on the show. They built the whole... We should bear that in mind. Yeah, we should. Yeah! <laughs> they built the whole show up to the idea that the greater power would be revealed by the end of the show. Which, of course, has been a, a thing that's been constantly referenced in promos that I've just not been asked to talk about. No, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Big Show beats Billy Gunn by countout. Billy Gunn tried to run away, but Road Dog threw him back in for the choke slam. The debut of Beaver Cleavage. <laughs> what did everyone think about this? Beats Christian. <laughs> I don't think of anything of this. Michael Hayes hits Christian with a pipe. Beaver, also at one point called Harry Beaver Cleavage. Get it? Harry Beaver? Yeah, yeah. Get it, Carl? Yeah, yeah. Get it. Comes out to a Leave it to the Beaver type entrance song in black and white. Good stuff. Is, is this guy a heel or a face? Beaver. Harry Beaver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, heel? Who knows at this point? Jeff Jarrett wins the Intercontinental title from the illustrious reign of the Godfather <laughs> when he hits him with Deborah's belt. Uh, there were women teasing stripping left and right at this finish. At this point, I, uh, Jerry Lawler, I think, forgot there was a match in the ring. <laughs> Had an aneurysm. Yeah. Um, Vince beats The Undertaker by DQ and Taker threw the referee down twice. Hmm. Why? Hmm. Why would you do that? When you have the stipulation in place. Hmm. That'll be fuddling. That's confusing. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Taker also attacked Patterson and Briscoe. In, uh, in more great news, the Acolytes won the tag titles from X-Pac and Kane when Shane McMahon <laughs> hit X-Pac with a chair as he was going for the Bronco Buster and Bradshaw pinned him. The Acolytes are so not over, by the way, during this period of time. Not even close. Not even close to over. They, 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 they don't get remotely over until 2000. I can't... I'll I tell you what, watching these shows back, nothing, nothing destroys my soul more than... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no one from the fucking ministry's over, though. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Not asking you to. Yeah, demolition. This is not. You better not be gay. They're gonna make you pay. Always pounding ass, Kieran. Don't forget that shit. In something that was totally disgusting, we get GDTV. They had a surveillance camera in the dressing room as Mark Henry was Mark Henry was taking a shit, complete with gross sound effects and Delo coming into the bathroom acting like it stunk real bad. He wasn't dropping sexual chocolate. <laughs> what did you think of this GTV malarkey? Um, GDTV. Why were they still doing it at this point? But this is the first, I think, wasn't it? It was, was, Gold was, it was GDTV. Was Gold so, yeah. still with the company though? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm sure he never appears on TV ever again. No, he, he doesn't appear. This is, he's next gone. Time, next time you see him, he's dressed as Uncle Fester playing trick or treat all year round. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, they changed it to GTV. To just though, GTV, yeah, because yeah, it was going to be. Yeah, even by bathroom humour, uh, toilet humour, you might say. Yeah, this makes uh, this this is bad. This is poor. This this makes Eddie Guerrero and Big Show look like a fucking Oscar winner. <laughs> I know what I used to wipe my ass. <laughs> and this show, and, and, and you know it's got to be terrible because earlier in the year. 
and just before we turn it in, we had seen Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown have wonderful comedic timing. Brilliant, man. Fantastic. And they couldn't make this work. They couldn't make it work. Triple H beat Mankind when China gave him a low blow with a handle part of the sledgehammer. Triple H then destroys Mankind's knee with the hammer after the match and he went out in an ambulance with the angle explaining his time off for knee surgery and he's not expected back until almost August. Uh, so he needed it because he's been really so, slow moving around on these shows. Generally a pattern with uh, with Foley and Triple H matches. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H going over. <laughs> yep. In, in convincing fashion. Yep. Uh, let's get to this now. Triple, your thoughts on Triple H this month, actually. Like I said, he looked good in the match with Austin. I thought he came off quite well here against yeah, Foley, to be honest. Yeah. Um, this is the best Triple H has looked at since he's turned heel. He looks, yeah, take quite comfortably. I'd, I'd say it's, it's, probably the, it's probably the best he's looked in over a year he's the best he's looked since the match with The Rock at SummerSlam I'd say ever because I never bought him as the face as I thought oh, he was, he yeah. was, I thought he was the passenger he's starting to look like a guy who's gone his and he's still bland he, um, facials because I was looking out for this how he'd like turn into the into how the, he became into, what he yeah, became yeah he's still very good but he's not he's he, not comfortable he's yet, not he's, like, he's the improvement in probably 18 months time is still exponential it feels but he's like getting there I mean he's not getting there but he's, you can see, it's interesting to see you can yeah. see those little things you can see where you can see the quality and you can see where he's not polished which makes you appreciate when he is polished yeah that's true um, looks good look, looks much better uh, the long pants the facial hair looks a little bit pussy is his hair shorter now yeah a little bit shorter um, it's, it's a much better look so obviously it works for him but. yeah no, that's just interesting because it's like and the physique is changing. Yes, it is drastically, actually, a lot more ripped as the uh, as the weeks and months go by. But it's just a curious thing because it feels like he, he's such a tryhard, mm. and it's like I'm, I'm waiting for the point when the tryhard actually feels organic. And I think it's probably not going to be until the end of the year with Steph. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, say so he doesn't. He's moving towards being a top guy that he wants to be, but he's not one. Mm. I mean, as, as Funnily enough, it actually reminds me a lot of Edge. When it, before Edge got the belt, and I always think where Edge would try and do this heel shit, like, I'm just not buying it. Yeah. And then as soon as he actually got put in the spot, and was the true what the company was built around, it's like all of a sudden it's like, ah, okay, now, I, now I'm with it. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't click with trips until the, the program with Vince, does it? No. No. Finally, Austin beats The Undertaker in the main event by disqualification. After a stunner, the corporate ministry come out and time in the ropes when the druid came out and unmasked in front of him. This is, of course, the greater power, actually. Um, Who is it? Fans in the building thought it was Vince under the costume. Yep. <laughs> they were right. Yep. Com- yes, they were. Com- comms try and put over at Shane, because Shane's not out there. If he is Shane, who gives a fuck? Why didn't they just say that? Wasn't he the boss anyway? Mm-hmm. You say Shane was screwing with him in the first place. Why does he need the robe? That doesn't make any sense. Surely it can't be Vince, because that makes even less sense, though. Uh, After what we've seen today, especially. Who could it be? Who else could it be? Um, Jake Roberts. Hogan? Has Hogan been around? Maybe he's coming in. Flair said he might be up here and on Flair, yeah. Flair's Jake hasn't even doing anything. Yoko. Come out of the last week. He's certainly great could be Sean again. Actually, I like that. Sean likes to dress up. It's always fun. Could have been Shane Douglas if he agreed that Could have been contract. Shane. Actually, the fucking franchise. <laughs> yeah, under, under the... <laughs> yeah. the <right> <laughs> Cut the fucking music! Turn the fucking lights back on! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, what a shame. That could have been him. Oh, well. To feud with Austin, after all. If only Shane, if only. Yep. Nitro, the same night, March 31st, drew 15,000 fans to the Houston Astrodome, which you may know holds significantly more. <laughs> a tedious show about the only good thing on this show was Bischoff as the announcer for the final like, two hours of the show because again he's in his, his it's almost like he's trying to babyface himself to the the company 
but think, to, to think, time warning. Yeah, but think how terrible the show is when you're saying the redeeming feature is that for two hours Eric Bischoff was on commentary. He's doing like this combination of like these like work shoots and like little inside digs and stuff like that. It's like, well, fucking hell. At least I'm gonna get some kind of you know. <laughs> it's kind of like the thing when like we were talking before about like you know on the reviews about like you can't just throw your hands at the end and say oh, I'm gonna take some enjoyment out of this. <laughs> Let's just enjoy how stupid the commentators are. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of a thing. It's pretty much the same here. Uh, yeah. Before the show, they did an angle where Paige and Bigelow jump Raven uh, to explain in storyline why he'll be gone for a while because he's got a torn rotator cuff. Tank Abbott and his band of merry men showed up like the gang that they really are and Abbott said that he was going to ref the Sting-Rick Steiner match that's going to take place in the main event tonight. The announcers pushed the hell out of Tank Abbott in commentary for the rest of the evening. Fucking hell. Tank Abbott. Yep. That's the guy that we're going to put in the feature spot. And let's just be abundantly clear at this point. UFC is not remotely mainstream in the year 1999. Um... The ultimate fight, as it was announced in the video package. Yeah. Again. Sorry, it's not as if the company had already been around for about five years to get the name right. Two thousand nine. Ninety-three. It was six yeah, years. Yeah. Been fucking ages. <laughs> Ninety-three. Shamrock's been on the other show for fucking ages, and they've been talking about UFC all that time. So. Anyway, the announcer, yeah, Flair did an interview saying the elbow of the top rope was now banned. J.J. Dillon agreed with him. He channeled his inner Bill Watts. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they forgot the announcement made last week that the elbow was also banned off the top rope then, because obviously he'd hurt Robinson two weeks before. Mm. Um, Kurt Hennig came out and did some really awful country singing. Uh, awful. Bobby Duncan. Tremendous. Bobby Duncan Jr. joined him and made it even worse. I enjoyed it. Conan and Mysterio Jr. came out and Conan's mic work was great. They did a pull-apart, which looks ridiculous because Mysterio only comes up to the hip of both Kurt Hennig and Bobby Duncan Jr. Um, but it leads to a tag team match with Conan and Mysterio against Duncan and Hennig uh, when Duncan hits both guys with a cowbell for a DQ. Uh, for whatever reason, this match had a ton of heat, particularly Conan's hot tag. Uh, Bischoff on commentary noted that sometimes Conan isn't very good and other times he is. <laughs> but immediately, with this rap is crap... They've struck gold here. It's funny how good stuff gets over. It is. Immediately the fans take to this. They can buy, They can get into this. Kurt Henning and Bobby you know, doing the, the, the complete goofy heel shtick. And then the rap guys come out that they like as baby faces and are actually cool. It's like, this is, this is something. This is good. This is fun. Of course they get this wrong too in the end. <laughs> but, you know, that's not really the point. Um, Savage came out looking fucking jacked up as always. He has a match with Kevin Nash made for later on. It's as if he's literally like just been plugged into an air pump or something and just hooked <laughs> me up. This yeah. is very interesting timing if you think about this. I'm taking the mic here. Go for it. So Savage yes. gets noticeably bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Around the same time Triple H gets noticeably bigger. Okay. Around the same time Stephen Man is a prevalent TV character. I wonder. Oh. Oh. Have if... we got another one for the corner? Open, open up the shine the light on that corner move that dunce's cap out of the way because Kieran's got a conspiracy maybe maybe Triple H was trying to hmm, imitate a former conquest <laughs> a predecessor maybe a maybe he was thinking mm, well if uh, she likes trying, trying to cast the die yeah I'm, I'm just throwing it out there what do you think Carl I'd like to hear your thoughts on this and I think I can speak for the little listeners and say that they would too yes I, I think there's some legs to this one you do? I really do hmm okay I knew it 
Anyway, Savage can't work at all anymore. Savage brings out the, the Kevin Nash, who's a fake Kevin Nash, wearing a dress. It's a transvestite Nash. Mm. This was just a fucking red hot angle, wasn't it? He even steps over the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that. A transvestite that. Kevin Nash. Think about that. It's a man dressed as a woman playing Kevin Nash. Yeah. I don't know. Basically just sits like a Kevin, Ma- Kevin Nash lookalike in a sarong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Savage can't do anything so the women take turns doing the spot with the transvestite Nash including uh, fucking Miss Madness Molly Holly doing a to- like a Frankensteiner which is like hey that's interesting and the crowd pops but their heels right yeah. yeah gorgeous George dropped an elbow on him from the middle rope and then Savage did the elbow off the top since the move was banned twice now in two weeks the ref didn't DQ Savage at all and just counted the pin it's this year's powerbomb yeah no fine at least Nash went out in handcuffs screaming Attica <laughs> I love Kevin Nash. <laughs> Piper did another terrible interview and brought out Dean Malenko. Malenko didn't say much because uh, Ric Flair... It's Malenko. <laughs> until Flair came out. They're building the old versus new stuff with Malenko talking about how people like Flair need to step aside. Roddy Piper was right there agreeing with him. <laughs> so after all that, Malenko walked out and Flair jumped Piper, but Piper made his own comeback and beat Flair up. Thank God for that. Yeah. Can't have Flair get any heat now, can we? David Flair beat Eric Watts on this oh show oh my god <laughs> just fucking marvelous. stand back to back and you only need the one bullet <laughs> <laughs> fantastic line Saturn went oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we've had Flair on this show announce the banning of a move from the top rope on the same show where Eric Watts appears that's right irony irony yeah. everything's looking a bit suspect these days yep Saturn went in alone as tag team champion to face uh, Paige and Bigelow in a handy ass. He's also going to be uh, Raven and Saturn against Paige and Bigelow. Uh, the one-on-two aspect wound up getting a lot of heat. Finally, Canyon, who's kind of been like the third wheel of the uh, the Raven Saturn group, comes along, tags in, goes down after a single punch to the face, and loses the tag belts to Paige and Bigelow. <clears throat> Real uh, Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo like situation here. Yeah, they try to put over. First of all, they put over a big discus punch, but then they put over it the canyons just come straight from the hospital and should no business being in there anyway. Mm, yeah, give him an excuse for what is <laughs> clearly a farce. Yeah, it was a farce. It eventually uh, came out that Canyon lost on purpose, as Paige, Bigelow, and Canyon are now the ones who are going to do the free bird tag team gimmick, where any two of the three can defend the belts. It's of course being the birth of the Jersey Triad. Did they? Oh, I missed that on that this show. I must have. Yeah, yeah. That show, Gave up early. I don't yeah. blame you. Yeah. Well, it was the last show I was running. Yes, tight, it was. Tight deadline. Nash came out in a big truck cornered Savage's limo oh, and, God. and poured sewage through the sunroof onto him and the girls couple of things about this first of all I love Kevin Nash but, um, but this is fucking atrocious the fact that women are no selling it most of the time but Savage selling the shit as he gets out of the car I did find humorous <laughs> in, his, in his voice because well, he's, he's bending over and he's heaving he's spitting all over the shop <laughs> he's not the only one selling it Medusa's there just standing there like oh this is a bit annoying so sh- that's shit yeah. well, I'll tell you what I did laugh at match yeah. that was probably worth it <laughs> with his ridiculous coat on as well <laughs> yeah yes. this is the only yeah, this is the most fucking effort Savage has put into his run so far I think yeah it was Nash Nash in the big sewage truck when he junks, jumps out that was funny with his mask like he's trying, like a he looked like Duke Drosy <laughs> and he sticks the hose God, in there's the, a compliment uh, sticks the hose in the, in the roof and just fills the limo of shit or something that looks remotely like shit. Yeah. And then runs off and goes, get out of here, or whatever, to the driver and like pulls the fucking big pipe. He hasn't, he hasn't tucked it in, so the pipe's just like 50 yards <laughs> behind him. Um, yeah, get out of the limo. 
There's a bit of heaving. Matt does make me laugh. The rest do not. No. The rest, poor effort. It was a very, very cheesy angle, though. I didn't like it's better than the GDTV poo angle. <laughs> that's true, that's, that's true. You know. Faint damning with faint praise, as they yeah. say. Backhanded compliment. Sting versus Rick Steiner in a cage with Tank Abbott as the ref was surprisingly awful. Uh, Tank was clueless. He clocked Sting and then just left the cage. Rick Steiner beat on Sting, but Sting made his own comeback and I didn't even write down what the finish was. I just wrote that's it. I, I think I assume that's the finish. He probably, just made, probably made his own comeback. A, a fun note here is they didn't smarten Tank up as to what he was supposed to do. He'd never gone to training. He hadn't done fuck all by this point. They just brought him in, told him to ref the match and assumed that he'd know what to do in a worked environment. He didn't know fuck all. I like, I like to imagine him backstage with the, the rule book, like flicking through the cage. <laughs> the, the end of it. So you can kick them with the flat of the foot, mm. but not the toe. Studious, studious tank habit. Reading, yes. Yeah. What, what about this over-the-top rope rule? Does that still work? Yeah. What about this top rope elbow? I'm kind of confused. I am... Um, thing is... Rattling through... Uh, Fucking Luther's hooker. <laughs> Barnum's of bounce. Expecting, expecting Tank Abbott to like be a good ref. He's not a good MMA fighter. <laughs> he's, he's not good like, at his own line of work. He's not good at what he's he not does for a yours. living. It's like his it record like less than 50% or something yeah. like that. It's, oh, like, yeah, it's, it's got to be. It's under 500. But isn't that a nice epitome for the company? Their attempt to get back in the game <laughs> is to bring a clueless fuck in who's terrible at his own job. <laughs> Master P! Yeah. It must be a crazed list or something, I don't know. <laughs> Raw did a 6.2 to Nitro's 3.3. Like, like, at this point, I'm amazed that Nitro's even doing threes. <laughs> Raw's main event of Steve Austin versus Undertaker did a 6.8 final quarter and a 7.3 overrun. Nitro's main event of Sting versus Rick Steiner with Tank Abbott as the ref did a 2.9 final quarter and 3.2 overrun. Nitro's high watermark was a 3.7 for the Piper interview, which included Dean Malenko and Ric Flair getting involved, and the low point was Ernest Miller versus Scott Norton doing a 2.4. A note from the torch, Raven was very upset about Nitro. Uh, The dump strangle they did where they kind of wrote him off, he was very unhappy with. He was uh, scheduled to have surgery on his torn rotator cuff and felt that taking bumps could have caused more damage. Apparently, Raven expressed his concerns to Bischoff and reportedly brought up that other wrestlers who had been injured weren't expected to take bumps. Bischoff insisted he go through with the angle as planned. As Bischoff was talking, Raven walked away. <laughs> Raven is also said to be very upset with Dallas Page for stealing one of his booking suggestions and using it for himself, which obviously was the Freebirds angle with him, Saturn, and, uh, and Canyon. He wanted to do the Freebirds, and then Page swooped in, stole it, and stole Canyon to do the Jersey Triad. Hang on a minute. He's bitching about someone else stealing a stolen angle. Yeah. Well, no one else was going to do it at the time. So, yeah, it was the whole defending the belts between three people he yeah, wanted yeah. to do. And uh, and Paige took it for himself. Moving on here to... Self high five. Yeah. And another fucking... Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really not this guy anyway. <laughs> the feather in the cap of DDP here. Moving on to, uh, again, we have to come back to the Owen Hart sad situation here. While many members of the family were bitter towards Vince McMahon and the WWF for many things over the past week, uh, they aired a brief clip on Raw... Uh, of the wrestlers and the family coming to the funeral with the WF buses Vince McMahon was specifically asked by Martha and the family not to air anything from the funeral uh, and this was just the latest so basically what happened was obviously as we said Raw was taped on May 25th the funeral happened on the 31st the same day Raw aired so they filmed the fu- of the, you know, the wrestlers arriving at the funeral with the buses we miss you Owen we love you Owen and they edited it into the show that night after Vince was asked specifically not to. Classy. 
They sent flowers to appear on top of the casket, which had the WF logo on it. Fucking hell. And Martha ripped it off and replaced it with one that just said Owen. But Jesus Christ, does that fucking feel tacky. There's, there's, it's not as if you can even chalk it up to a lack of self-awareness, is it? It's just... That's a smear what, what their logo you, feces on its casket. What can you say? Well, who put who? I want to drop logic bombs to defend people here because it's given what it is, but it's kind of hard. I mean, I, I, who who ordered the flowers? You know, Vince. I doubt he rang up the fucking florist himself and I said, the "I want a logo." I, want I bet my he did. Fucking logo. I bet he did. I bet he did. Let's roll that. <laughs> I bet he did. Who else's idea would it be? It will, I mean, it probably wasn't an idea. It's. So we need it's not like they got company flowers lying around. Yeah, but like, you're some jobber, some fucking secretary, get some, we need some flowers, fucking order it all. Yeah. And it's what they do. They, everything's company branded, they just chuck it out. It's not, no one in power is even thinking about it. No one is even looking at them flowers until they're on the fucking casket. It's shit, and in juxtaposition, it all looks dodge. But I just think there's a human element involved, and maybe. <sighs> see, see. I differ whereas I'm willing to give them the benefit or not necessarily benefit there but I can understand in the craziness how the show uh, the pay-per-view goes uh, carries on the bizarreness of, of the Raw the next night I, I give a pass to as well for uh, much yeah, the same yeah, reason I, would. I, I think I think enough time has elapsed by that point that you can be a bit more thoughtful in terms of what you're doing but, yeah, but that's I'm hypothetical not... like, there's actual specifics of it who ordered them flowers who knows? Who checked the flowers? Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying just Before everyone rushes the judgment. Just yeah. yeah, before everyone's so easy to say that's a fucking tacky thing. That's because it's, yeah. it's a, did they think let's get it's fucking free advertising there on his casket, that's shit art. No <laughs> No one's thinking that way. It's fucking an oversight because it's incompetence and it's a lack of thoughtfulness but maliciousness. There's no malice in it. Exactly malice, thank it's you. It's stupidity, but I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. By the time you get to that raw and, and you're inserting the footage. Oh well, after, after, after you're asked not to by oh, the widow. Yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, that's a different story totally. Yeah. Because Vince knows what's on his TV show. He's been specifically told. I completely agree with that. No doubt about it. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty bad. And it gets worse next month. Unfortunately, David Boy Smith's reaction in the media was that Owen's death was an accident. Didn't believe him and was to blame. Smith, who was able to engage in light upper body workouts since recuperating from a fractured spine and life-threatening spinal infection, was talking about returning to the ring and dedicating his comeback to his brother-in-law Owen. Which he sees rather cynically fishing for a job. Yes, That's feels quite. And without wanting to be too horrible to the family, but this is how it's going to come across anyway. We've seen on many occasions that certain individuals in that family are more than willing to go into business for themselves at a moment's notice. Yeah, well, David Boy's certainly uh, going to be guilty of that again in future. And uh, the, the story with Owen and, and the WWF is clearly not over. We'll be re revisiting this as we approach June uh, on the Monday Night War timeline coming up. But as we sum up here, final thoughts on, uh, on I guess, the entire month. The, the, the products themselves have obviously taken kind of a back seat to the major news story of Owen Hart, one of the biggest news stories in history of wrestling at the time but uh, just a, a very kind of this was a very bizarre month usually you kind of and we, we knew it was going to be mm. but it's one of those things where obviously when we kind of watch these back you know, having lived through it we kind of know where we are and we know what's coming from a product perspective I kind of knew what was coming but again I, I felt very differently than I thought I would watching this stuff back 
it's all st it the the Owen stuff even now knowing what we know and watching it back is still quite jarring to, to watch yeah very and, and take in um, in terms of the, the sort of the wider shows if you like it's very much a case of trends are continuing WWF's, I think they're worse WWF's TV <coughs> makes no for the most part makes no sense whatsoever is chaotic they're lucky that Austin's ha ha haphazard but you've got the mega star in Austin who can get anything over Vince is over through his connection with Austin and, and Vince is a great performer I don't, I don't wish to make that same church Rock is is a star in his own right and and is and is uh, quickly coming up to uh, to Austin's level and, and will be there before the end of the year and I suppose the only other real noticeable bit is uh, Triple H are quote unquote starting to find some sort of groove yeah. I suppose you could say yeah um, as far as WCW it's just lurching from one disaster to another and like I say you, you, it almost feels like they're trying to sabotage themselves I just think the state of this company mm. from again the start of the year is a train wreck by then anyway yeah but just look at the star power involved and look at the, the people in the crowd and all that stuff and just looking at this now it's like this from January to May is one of the shots such a we've sharp gone decline from, you know you've gone from a hot it's a terrible show don't get me wrong but you've gone from starting the year with a hot crowd at the Georgia Dome to only getting 6,000 paid attendance in Charlotte yeah for Flair poor piss poor and it's just it's, it's fucking sad okay. and, and you're, and we'll you're get to it next time and your buy rates from the turn of the year have more than halved yeah if I'm not mistaken Uncensored and Super Brawl were both above a one Super Bowl was I think Unsons might have fallen just a tad short or was a one yeah but they're in that they're, ball, they're, in, the ball they're in that ballpark and we've said here by the time we've got to May they've halved yeah if not worse yeah the, the, wheel, the, the fall is rapid yeah and well it's not going to get any better it's, it's, it's not going to get any better but don't worry folks the numbers at 12 million we'll have an update on that number for the next timeline Look at how much has changed in five months. This company has changed direction probably three times, yeah. maybe five times, because yeah. every month seems like it's a completely different company I'm watching. They, they haven't really even changed direction. They're just generally circling. Yeah, we're circling, but yeah, because, <laughs> you know the drain. Yeah. The direction they present. If you're a fan watching this show, what what anticipation? What the fuck is going on? Because it's changed so much, you, you, there's nothing. There's no gravitas or anything because they've changed. It, everyone's flip flopped, and nothing makes any fucking sense. The wolf pack at the start of the year with Goldberg as the Bayface dropped on a dime. Flair is the big heel, turning you know, turning from Bayface to heel. Wolfpack turning Bayface dropped on a dime. Hogan's gone. DDP is now the world champion. Where the fuck is Goldberg? Yeah, Goldberg down played even more than ever before. It's like the Steiners are back together now. Yeah, match. He's a face or as a heel. He's, what's he even doing there? Yeah. Why is he being the featured performer? It's like it's it's. Honestly, I turned it on. And I, it's like, I, have I have I got the wrong fucking month here because it felt like I've on both sides. To be fair, mm. um, it's, they're just completely circling, scratching. It's, uh, they're fucked. They are fucked, <laughs> they're right fucked now. now. <laughs> they are absolutely. They and they fucked themselves because. Uh, but the amount it's changed in five months is unbelievable. WWF, um, although stale and they said in terms of those four guys who they can they paired off. The matches are stale, but the presentation is different, obviously. Yeah. Um, the fucking corporate ministry stuff is terrible. Shane in position is fucking terrible. Um, at least they fucking turn Vince back. 
it makes no sense. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> All the crowd know it's him. We might as well tell these lot. It's Vince. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, Sorry, if, if you're keeping up with us, it's not Vince, but it might be. And if it is him, it will make no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> um, yeah, Austin, white hot steel, rock bubbling under, just getting ready to pull the trigger on him. Um, in terms of the tip top face. It's almost like they're WCW now. There's star power keeping that show together. That's what I, that's what I feel. When I watch yeah. this show, it's like, it's the star power of the top people just being there, just existing. Mm. Nothing's really happened on this show to entice me. And we've actually seen it in the ratings this, this month, I think. Despite that massive you know, opportunity to grab more fans, they haven't. What actually made the difference was, was Owen and, and the shock news there. But even then, the ratings have, have, have not climbed this month at all. Despite the fact that, you know, again, things are so hot, and they are hot for the company. But like even when you think about like guys like we talked about before, like X Pac, who was like really hot for a long time, did nothing this month. Billy Gunn is getting this big push as a heel, no one cares. Big show, what the fuck are you doing? The union is a bust. Oh my god. Yeah. Mick Foley might as well have not even been there this month. Ken Shamrock, what's he doing? He, if, well, Shamrock's gone backwards. He's gone totally backwards. It's like all it's like no one really feels like they've got a lot of value on this show right now. Apart from, like you say, the the key people, the key four. Five or six of you, including the McMahons, I suppose. But yeah, I so. include one McMahon. Yeah, well, you. Were. I'm passing <laughs> Briscoe over. That was that was glorious. Yeah, yeah. Certainly a highlight for this month. But uh, on that note, I want to thank everybody for listening this far. We will, of course, be returning to the Monday Night War timeline in due course to cover June of 1999 as the WF crowns a new king. Uh, there is, of course, more fallout uh, to the uh, unfortunate passing of Owen Hart and WCW makes a horrific signing. To try and turn things around. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will be back soon for Kieran O'Rourke. Emotional. For Carl Jones. Take care of yourselves. I am Liam O'Rourke, and we are out of here. Talk to you again soon. <laughs>